Hey everyone, this is Chris, and you're listening to One Cross Radio. And today we are joined by the always awesome Christian Dobson. Christian, how are you doing today? Hey, man. <laughs> <laughs> I jumped the gun on that intro. <laughs> <laughs> It's so weird, like, it's, we're talking, I'm thankful that you and then did. it's like, we have an intro, and then it's like, I have to say hi to you again, right? And so, it's like, oh. Yeah, uh, yeah, we've been talking for a solid hour and, like, 20 minutes, and then, now let's do the episode. <laughs> uh, so, dear listener, on today's episode of Into the Weeds, um, I don't know where we're going, but that's generally how this, this goes, uh, but there is one point, uh, our, our friend Darko <laughs> shared with Christian and I and the other guys what quite possibly be the worst cover I have ever heard. Um, <laughs> it was Puddle of Mud, who I didn't know were still a thing, <laughs> covering, <laughs> covering Nirvana's About a Girl. <laughs> it elicited some, some strong feelings. <laughs> Yeah, I I didn't I didn't like it. Yeah, the, 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 yeah, it was so bad. I mean, what really made me angry was that he he starts singing, and it's it's at the for the first like few words you're kind of like okay okay he's just finding his footing right, and then what you realize is that he had found his footing and he's just expanding on it right like he's like oh no I was I'm where I want to be I just I don't I haven't taken up a large enough area of of crap yet right like. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> and then he's like he the way he looks at the camera right before it's just with like pure unadulterated rage like like he knows how you're gonna feel about what's about to happen and he <laughs> he doesn't care he's like he's defiant right he's like i'm doing it anyway you're going to listen to this you're going to experience this it's going to happen to you okay and then he <laughs> he does it <laughs> And it's just like it's not in key, and he's he's raising his voice in weird places, and he's trying to make it break, like in just crap places, like in places where like someone who's never had to do that before, that's where they would decide to try and make that happen, like for the first time ever on national radio. I don't. Uh. But yeah, the other thing that ticked me well, off was that we did we did a cover for that in the talent show in East Shore Collegiate, and they kicked us off. We were and it sucks because that was our first song. Our first song was about a girl. Second song was Out of the Way by the Vines. Arguably not only a better song, but we did it way better. We were just like, here, we'll give them this at first, and we'll bust out the big guns, and they're like, next. And I'm thinking, we got next right there, and these guys are on serious. <laughs> we're watching them on YouTube. We had to have been better than that. <laughs> <laughs> i i admittedly got like maybe 30 seconds into the video i i couldn't i couldn't keep going it was one of those things where i'm like as it's happening to me i'm just like i have the power to end this so i'm going to <laughs> <laughs> i don't have a lot of control over almost anything in my life but uh, this is this is <laughs> I don't have to subject myself yeah, to this. Yeah, this doesn't have to happen <laughs> like, to me. <laughs> it was, uh, like, I shared with you guys, like, as as I was walking Luna, it was so weird, because there's that internet meme where it's like, well, they had us in the first half, where, in this case, it was, like, the first, like, four or five seconds before he started yeah. singing. I was like, okay, the instrumentation's yeah. good. Like, this, this, this could be good. Well, I liked what they were doing. They had some uh, good percussion some... going on. They had some... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, I... I haven't heard from I haven't heard Puddle of Mud in ages. Like I said, I legitimately thought they yeah. were gone because um, there's bands from the 2000s that are still mm. going. Like 
Papa Roach is no. still going, interestingly, <laughs> uh, Disturbed, but they kind of went into, they went into like a more, a more metal territory and away from the new metal sound. Mm. So you're like, okay, well, they, they, they changed, they adapted, like, so of course they're still going. Um, but Puddle Mud, I'm like, they just dropped, they just dropped off the face yeah. of the earth. Um, <laughs> well, you know, you know, literally, it's weird. It's weird. You know what I think? I think there's literally, there's no difference whatsoever between Puddle of Mud or Nine Inch Nails. So what I don't understand is how they're both still around <laughs> making music. <laughs> I'm like, you know, Puddle of Mud, Limp Bizkit, Nine Inch Nails, Corn. It's all the same, right? It's all the exact same band. <laughs> Which, okay, so he- hear me out, because I know I am... Crazy quit, crazy critical. <laughs> I almost said critical. <laughs> crazy, crazy cupcakes. Critical. <laughs> crazy cupcakes. This thing is a backwards um, W. Uh, yeah, there is. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know I am very critical of Limp Bizkit, and rightfully yep. so. Because uh, what what were we thinking? What was anybody thinking? Mm. But it's weird. I got to give them some kind of credit. Uh, they did try different things. Like they did show at least an attempt at some certain range. I'm not saying that range was yeah. good, but they, they at least tried other yeah. things. Um, like I got to give them credit for that. This puddle of mud cover made their cover of freaking behind blue eyes, like a magnum opus in comparison. And that's saying something. And that's, that Limp Bizkit cover is not even the worst it's, cover, but it's like, it's not, they use a speaking spell in it, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's like <laughs> little dumb, ridiculous things that they're like, this is what art is. Or like, you know that meme with that dude where he's like, he has a butterfly like in his hands. He's like, is this art? And I think yeah. that's sort of what they were yeah. trying to do, but they're like, this is what artists do, right? But I think, dude, at that cover, his vocals in it are very good. Like, especially in the beginning, bef- oh, yeah, before no, no. they get hard and it gets like that, just that wall of sound, Deftones wannabe chorus. Um, yeah, like it's yeah. It, his, I, I, there was a time when I heard it and I didn't realize that it was him. And I'm like, who the heck is this? And I heard, and then it was him. And I'm like, man, why would, like, it seems like you got a good voice. It seems like you can perform. Why would you do that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why, what? It's it, it it it's weird because you don't want to pay Limp Bizkit a compliment because it just feels so yeah. wrong. <laughs> well, it's Fred Durst. It's, it's... aside from like the uh, the awesome. Uh, I'll give them credit. Their guitar intro for their theme song for Mission Impossible Two, that was good. Like the guitar work there, I was like, okay, it's catchy. It works. You translated something from a different section of music to this, and you. You did it well before you started throwing in lyrics like, now I know why you want to hate me. Like, uh, <laughs> before you got into that. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's weird. It's like, it's, it's, I don't know, man. It's like they, they got their own idea. It's, 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 they lived in their own little reality, right? And they got to talk about the world the way they saw It's, it's fascinating. It, I, uh, <laughs> I, I think it's because new metal was like emo, like the emo-iest of emo, not even like good emo, like Weezer. Or abandoned pools, like, oh, or even later, My Chemical Romance, like bad emo. It was the emoist of emo plus like some of the bad stuff from metal, like. And then let's throw that in a pot, and then let's take take some bad angst from rap and also throw that in this blender. And here's this sound, yeah. this this audio turd of a sound. Well, at least <laughs> few bands can pull that off. Rage Against the Machine 
was friggin' amazing. If you want good rap metal, okay. that's well, who you well, look at. You look at well, Raid. Like, okay, we're not. Like, Sorry. Okay, let's not. Okay, well, well, let's let's taper back. We got we got a lot to undress here. Okay, so <laughs> I know, I know. I'm sorry. It is into the weeds so, after all. We talked about Limp Bizkit, and like I, I think when we talk about bands like My Humble Romance or something, like okay, so for MCR, I think. Like yeah, they were they were definitely like emo ish. But when you look at, I think now MCR is, is is a good example, but also a bad one because I think they set themselves apart from any band that's like them. Like I think they are, they are one of those oh, yeah. few bands where I'd be like, you gotta give them credit, man. You they are legit. But oh, dude, I'm not. I know you're not saying they're not. They're Black Parade yes, album. One of the best. Is yes, amazing. one of the best albums ever written. I've ever heard. Yeah, hands down. Yeah, uh, we're, we're on the same page. So, so, a, a friend of mine. <laughs> Yeah, no, no. It's, I'm just gonna do it. A friend of mine, <laughs> when I was over, when I was working at Best Buy yeah. overnight, like we'd get to, we'd get to choose the music every once in a while, and they'd rotate through us. Um, so then he was like, "I'm gonna play My Chemical Romance," and at that point, all I had heard was like, but "Helena," that's a great song. or "I'm Not Okay." Helena's. Oh, I know. It grew on me oh. later. It it absolutely grew on yeah. me later. It was early at. Early My Chemical Romance, I think for me, it was a case of the yes, fans the scene. ruining a band for me before I got to the band. Yeah. So you got this notion about the band before you get to yeah. the band. Just like, there could be an amazing band that their fans yes. ruin. For the longest time, I could not listen to Led Zeppelin, which sucks because Zeppelin's okay, awesome. Okay, now we're talking about Zeppelin. I, had, no, <laughs> I know, I know, I know. It, it, it's, it's for the similar point. It's for the similar <laughs> okay. point, though. But it was just... These yeah. fans of Zeppelin were like bigging up Zeppelin so much over everybody else over this. Like my my frustration at those people bled over into yeah. the music. So then it was the similar case with My Chemical Romance. But that night he played Black Parade, and I was just like, "This is a fantastic rock and roll album." Yeah, like this is it's got Queen, it's got Beatles harmonies. It's an outstanding record. It's a great album. Well, it's, it's amazing for so many reasons, dude. It's like it's like they, they decided. They're like, we're going to make songs in the vein of this band or this band or this band. Not only did they do it, they yeah. made good songs and they did it very well. So it's, I mean, if you're talking oh, about yeah. an artist or a musician or a rock uh, a rock band, just all of it. If, any standard by which you're going to judge any of those things or the, these entities, they've exceeded those standards. They've, they, they've excelled. They've, they've had, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think they're, they're, they're amazing. But, but if we're talking about like, you know, a lot of those emo bands, uh, they had like the dignity of of being like they, uh, they, they weren't. I don't know, man. There's something. I don't know. There's something. It's almost like they had this awareness, like yeah, we're dweebs, right? Like we kind of get it. Yeah, we're kind of dweebs. Yeah. But with Limp Bizkit, we're like, no, we're hard as you know, we're hard as f. We're gonna we're gonna go in there and we're gonna like mess stuff up and and the world owes me and and stuff like that. And it's just so like it's it's so it's the biggest child. It's oh yeah. You can't respect anything it's, about those people, Chris. It's <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's it's tapping. Like I think it it taps into that teenage. That very, like, not post-pubescence, mm. but, like, that pubescent slash early teenage yep. angst. Like, that, that nobody understands but, me. But you're 13, <laughs> like that not kind of 30. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, well, and that's the thing. Like, that when you got to stuff like Behind Blue, Behind Blue Eyes, which I know I made fun yep. of, but to, to give it credit, it's, it's surprisingly yep. good. It's not, like, their faith cover I think... or their terrible cover of Sanitarium. But when you got stuff like that, you're like... That's the band I'm interested. That'd be the band I'd be interested yeah. in. When the rest of their stuff, it's like, dude, you're 13, but you're 30. You're still, and it, it's at times to like, oh man, I'm gonna go. 
Well, got, look at music, look at the used. Stay with me. It's it, you know that song "Buried Myself Alive." A grown man wrote that song, Chris. <laughs> a, a grown adult <laughs> man. <laughs> right. Whoa. Right. It's well. It's it's just interesting when you get when you get this kind of kind of stuff because it happens in movies as well. I'm I know I'm segueing and we I promise I well, want to stay on the music piece. Can, but can it's, we just? It's just. Interesting. I just want to. Can we just? Can we just can we, okay. Can we just? I just want to. I just want to. Okay. So I think the thing is like we're 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 surprised by Limp Bizkit. Uh, okay, we don't like Limp Bizkit. I think everyone knows why. Like we don't have to explain why Limp Bizkit sucks, right? Like I think it's interesting for us to really take it apart and understand like every little bit about why we're disgusted <laughs> by Limp Bizkit. But I mean, like I think everybody sort of gets it. But I, or anybody who puts out an album named the Chocolate Starfish and Hot Dog Flavored Yeah, water. it's like they were trolls. They're like, oh, you know, everything that you think music should be, we're going to go against it. But it's like it's not like they were defying convention. They were just making bad music and saying they're defying convention, right? It's like no, this music. Already existed. We already knew what bad music was, dude. It's not like you're making anything new. You just were like, oh, what's the opposite of good? This? We're doing that. We're breaking all the rules. It's like, no, you're following the worst rules, dude. You're following all the wrong rules. These are still rules. They're just the bad, the wrong ones. And, but I think, like, the thing is, like, why do we, why are we so, like, it, it, the, the cover of Behind Blue Eyes is so, like, obviously it wasn't as good as the original, but it was very, it was surprising. Right, it was surprising that they yeah. would do that and that he could do that, and I, that's one thing that's that's really like that's the sort of theme that's been going through my head lately, where we have these expectations of people like like with Doug Ford and how everybody's saying that he's doing great, and it's like, dude, he's only you only think the only reason anyone's saying that is because like, hey, he's not doing great, he's just doing the bare minimum, he's just doing his job basically, the bare minimum of what you should expect from someone in that position, but B, uh, the only reason we think that him doing the bare minimum of that's required is so great is because we had such a terrible opinion of him in the first place, right? And it's so fascinating because it's like, because <laughs> it's like you know, you know, you know, people who like you have a you're like oh you have low expectations for right, and all of a sudden they exceed your expectations, and then you think you're that much more impressed by them. Or if you think you hear about someone, you're like, I'm not going to like this person. Or you look at them, and you're like, they're probably this. You talk to them, you get to know them. They make you feel like you're worse than them. And then you kind of love them almost. You're like, whoa, this is amazing. This guy, like, not only yeah. did they made me realize that yeah. I was a piece of crap by judging, prejudging them, but now they've actually, like, comparatively, like, in our <laughs> lives, what they've accomplished to me and who they are. Like, I am a piece of crap. So it's, <laughs> it's little things like that where, like, it's, it's fascinating to me how we're, like, we have, if we have low expectations and someone exceeds them, all of a sudden you, you're that much more impressed. Like, you're far more impressed than you would have been. If right. someone, if they had just been that person without your expectations, right? Right, right. Oh, so what were you going to say, man? Right. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I'm sorry, because I had this idea, like, we were talking about the um, Olympus and I was like, I think we could really just, really just put a circle around that and move on, but I'm like, I, I totally, I got no, lost no, in the no. weeds, I can't not get lost in the weeds, oh. that's why... <laughs> Man, I want to. It's why the title is so appropriate. Yeah, I, so I, I want to do. I want to talk to you about because we were talking about World War Two and stuff. Remember how you were? You were like, "Oh, I'm watching this uh, documentary." And, and oh yeah, and like yeah, yeah. Five years ago, I went through this huge thing where I watched that documentary. I've I've watched almost every decent World War Two documentary that's come out. I, I really got into World War One. There was one that was like a six part series on World War One. I. I think it was either it was either that or it was Dan Carlin's podcast. Um, I think it might have been Dan Carlin's podcast, man. But like one of the, it made me realize that World War One is just the most horrific thing that has ever happened to the human race. I, th I think it is, it is far worse than World War Two. It is f the worst thing that worst war that has ever happened. I think, one hundred percent, like that we have in modern history. I mean, I don't know what happened with the Mongols. I'm sure that was terrible. Right. But <laughs> just well, it's it 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 
So I'm just saying, man, like just the, the tales of like the foxholes and these guys are sitting there for like eight months and there's dead bodies all around them and they have lice and, and their, their yeah. feet are rotting off their bodies and they're just shaking and they have shell shock and it's just, they're nothing. They've become nothing. They're, they're, they don't even have the strength to, oh, Chris, and all for men who are like, hey, just throw another 50,000 at them because I don't have to fight. And this is the way it worked, you know, like 50 years ago when I was fighting. So, and they didn't learn. They just kept throwing and throwing them and... Oh, Chris! No, well, it's, <laughs> it's uh, it's 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 interesting just because even in that uh that World War II documentary, because mm. uh, there's two really good ones on Netflix. Um, and what I really appreciate about them, is both uh, World War II in color and um, great documentary. Uh, World War II's greatest moments in yeah. color. What I really appreciate about them is they're uh, I would call them a true documentary because it points out they they don't. They don't choose a side. It's not like, hey, America came in and they were great, uh, especially in the greatest moments stuff, because they point out, I can't remember the name of the place, um, but one of the battles where it was like the civilian town got royally screwed. And now it definitely focused on all the horrors the Nazis uh, and the Japanese armies did, mm. but it didn't sugarcoat some of the bad stuff that the allies had done. And I really appreciated yeah. that. Um, just because I'm like, look, if I want to re, if I want to hear an opinion piece, I, I can s search that out. But with world history, I, I'd love as, as unbiased as possible, just because part of it is like, it's some of the stuff is so horrific where you're just like, how the heck could Germany get on board with what they were doing? But then as you're listening to, as you're listening to these documentaries, you really see not like, oh, I get to that conclusion too. But you can see how someone like Hitler could get into power. You could see how people could be willfully ignorant of the stuff that they, like the Nazi armies were doing. Mm. And you could also see how Germany got like royally boned at the end of <laughs> World War One, and how that created, like that, it, it would be one of the, if not the major catalyst, like one of the biggest ones for. You're setting it up. You're setting up the. You're setting up the eventual second war with the Treaty of Versailles. Yeah. Like, well, I think the thing... In retrospect now, you can, and that's where I'm like, oh my gosh, like, we talked about this in school, but we did not go into this enough, and this is so interesting. I really, I really, yeah, I like those documentaries because, like, not, not only does the color sort of give you, like, it's more real, like, you're in there, you actually think, oh, okay, like, what, how would I feel if I was in this situation? What would it be like to live in that, right? And, and I think that sort of thing where, when you first said that, when you're, I was like, okay, so you have this, this culture who... Talk about hubris, dude. Um, <laughs> decides to, yeah. they're going to take over the world because they deserve uh, it. Listener, right? Christian's got a tattoo, hubris. <laughs> just, just so we're clear. <laughs> uh, and <laughs> that's what they should have done. Just tattooed that on all the Germans' arms, all the Nazi arms, right? It's like, there you go. You give tattoos, you get tattoos. I, uh, I, it's, um, <laughs> oh, you like giving tattoos, do you? Uh, <laughs> oh, sir! This is oh, is, it, is this getting? Okay, sorry. <laughs> but no, you have this, 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 this um, society, this culture of all this hubris, and then you go and you say, "Hey, you know, you guys, basically, they they were punished for their hubris, right? Like they got <laughs> defeated, they were punished." I think the mistake. Uh, no, no, I don't know what I'm saying. Because you would look at it and you say, oh, okay, they did this, they punished them, they didn't learn, they came back twice as hard, right? And then then you think, okay, well, were they punished afterwards? No, they were split up, right? They were split up. One, The Russians got one side, 
the Allies got the other. I, as far as I know, West Berlin didn't like West Germany didn't have to pay reparations anymore. I think I didn't think I don't think they were under the same sort of conditions um, that uh, Germany was uh, in the first place. But uh, it's interesting. I wonder if they had been left whole again. And then just here, you're still going to have to pay this. Like the Treaty of Versailles is still in place. You guys are still being, you know, cut down, chopped down at the knees sort of thing. I wonder if they would have risen up again. You know, like when, at what point do you say, hey, this culture needs to be wiped off the face of the earth? Because clearly they're not getting the message, right? <laughs> well, it's, I, I like, uh, part of me thinks, it, would they have? I don't know, because the atomic bomb changed. Like that, that changed everything. Um, Cause suddenly it's like, Oh, Whoa, let's get our hands on that. And Germany might've been like, we've got, there's no way we can get that. So they might've been like, all right, we're not, we're not starting stuff. But like, if, if that, if that treaty had happened again, where it's like, we're back to square one, I would have been like, we've learned nothing. Mm-hmm. And this is like, we're setting this up again. Yeah. Like it, it fostered, like, yeah, they're, uh, like, a punishment, but also there were people being punished as part of the country that didn't, it's complex. Yeah, it's, com- and it's, it's interesting. Cause they didn't directly no, do they, it. No, they didn't participate, but they had to deal with it anyway. They had to deal with the ramifications, right? Because that's, that's yeah. sort of what it is when you're a society, when you're a country. America. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> anyway, um, no, I, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, dude. No, no. And, and it made me wonder. I'm like, they kind of did. They kind of did obliterate the culture after after World War II. It's almost like they did say, hey, we're not... Like, I'm not entirely sure what happened if, if, if Stalin was like, oh, we're taking the East. Or if it was like a thing between right. the, the Allies and Russia where they're like, hey, we're just going to split it. You guys take everything East of there. We'll take what's West, right? Um, but if that was an agreement, then that is effectively saying this culture can't be allowed to continue. Because last right. time it was it did this again right? so um well ex- but they did it differently this time around where some might be like look you're yeah it's it's germany and east germany or west germany but it's not like hey there's no like there's no military and there's no funds for your country and you're paying everybody like yeah they really got that country really got put on. So then now, like, as I've been watching these documentaries, I'm like, uh, cause it's the first episodes or so that really do the setup work where I'm like, yeah, how, like, how could anybody be surprised that this happened? Yeah. It's, <laughs> it, they were, vi- it's, it's that retrospect where you're like, if, if any other country does this antagonistic thing, like, of course you want there to be justice or whatever. Yeah. But at the same point, you're like, look, you need to do something here where it's not going like, you might have you might have done something in response. You could have been defending, but look, it's war. There's going to be absolute mistake and horrific mistakes and horrific things on both sides. And if you don't think so, then I, I'd say you're kidding yourself. Um, so at the end of a war, it, it does take two to tango. At some point, yes, you're going to defend yourself. You're absolutely going to defend yourself. Yeah. But then, how hard and how far you go, that is like that's that's something you're going to have to deal with later. Uh, and then also like. Do you are like look at what the punishment or whatever the outcome is going to be? Because if the outcome is going to be like this is a thousand percent beneficial for me and completely pins everything on this person, like you're 
you're you're you're just stapling and setting up another like well, another uprising well, man. yeah yeah i think or another another war i think i think I, and now we're in a position where <laughs> it's just mass death <laughs> like, yeah i think well less horrifically but i think in terms of germany like obviously there need to be repercussions for their actions right like something needed to happen and in lieu of saying hey oh, we're yeah. going to dismantle your culture and your society and we're going to make you into like five or six different countries and and that's it you don't you no longer have a national identity you no longer are german you no longer are any of these things right and it's like um, they could have done that, but they didn't. They're like, okay, you get to keep your national identity, you get to still be a country, you get to be German, but you're going to have to, you know, do A, B, and C. And I think the the issue was where the Allies messed up was not making it a, di- a dynamic sort of uh, scale upon which to make reparations, right? Because eventually it got to a point where mm-hmm. the German Germany was it was being crippled as a nation, right? It wasn't being allowed to progress. It was in debt. Like, it was being destroyed, right? It was being destroyed by its reparations that it had to make. So, I mean, it, not only from, like, um, just from a pragmatic standpoint, make, you sh- they should have made the rules um, lax, more lax, on a, di- in a, on a dynamic scale, like, uh, along a time. Oh, yeah. Um, because... That they wouldn't like just again pragmatically, not to be like, okay, you deserve a little bit of mercy as time goes by, but just to be like, oh, okay, if we don't do this, they're yeah. going to rise up again and blah blah blah. But at the same time, you yeah. can make the argument that like they never expected them to, and even when they did start to rearm themselves and all that stuff, it was completely legal, although nobody did anything because everyone was still reeling from World War One. Um, oh, exactly. And, um, like yeah. it's <laughs> it, it, it's like it, it, you can see how the stuff happened yeah. where, yeah. Uh, like I'll still say, like in my in my opinion, and I'm not the most educated on this. The so Nazis were right. I know. As, I know what like, you think, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't. You no, don't even have to say it. Let's just move on. You. You. You know. We all know. <laughs> <laughs> um, no. No. It's just like, yeah. As you pointed out, like the U.S. I think was even helping a bit, but then they they got hit with the Great Depression. They're like, nope, screw you. You're on your own. Yeah. Um, and then there, there was. The documentaries even say, like, there was a perfect storm of things happening yes. that led to World War II. But I do think that, the like, a huge... Contri- if you take out the, 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 the strictness or tone back the strictness of the Treaty of Versailles, then it would have been much less of that perfect storm. Like, there might have been a couple more dams in the way before the flood, get, before the flood just hit, so to speak. Yeah. Like... Because one thing I love about the documentaries is they they do point out like it's not Hitler didn't come out with his crazy Hitler stuff right away, but that also wasn't hidden because Mein Kampf, which is horrifying, he wrote before he was in charge. Mm-hmm. It's just like okay, he, and he knew how to dial it down, but it's still like you could see the pieces there. It was just people. And people, like, throw so much crap at the the German people. It's like, well, they voted them in, and he was this obvious monster. It's like, well, yeah, but look at the crappy, like, the terrible, terrible time that had just been inflicted upon them. And then here's this person where he's doing enough where it's like, yeah, there's these crazy stuff, but there's also this this good stuff talking about us being restored. That That's going to appeal. That's going to appeal. Yeah. And it's, well, they were- it, it's where you can be willfully ignorant of some terrible things of your elected official. Here's the thing. <laughs> Just because 
we, we, you know, we were talking about like that, those human biases, right? The things you got to watch out for. You're like, I'm a human being. So I, I know that A, B and C are always true mm-hmm. about me, no matter where I grew up, where I was born, who my parents were, what country, anything. These are true about me because I'm a living, breathing human being. One of those things is, is that sort of, um, that pride, right? Where they're like that pride of like my country, my nationalism, identity, team, tribe, group, all that stuff. And, and so, um, I think that was especially like the Germans seemed especially affected by that. But I think the thing that that we really got to remember is, you know, it was the thirties. There was no internet. I mean, look at people now. Oh yeah. We have internet and TV and they elected Trump and believe him still, still, I still believe people who still support him. So it's, (laughs) it's, it's fact. So if you look at that in this day and age, how could you not understand how all those like you know how many most of those people didn't live in cities? Do you know how many cities? There weren't many cities, dude. Especially after World War One, like all these people were living yeah. in like nowhere. No, I bet none of them read the paper. There was like maybe maybe radio news. I think there's radio news, but there, there you know paper radio news. So it's like imagine how many people don't read the paper now to think about back then, and then think about oh uh, how uneducated they must have been compared to us just in general. You know, I mean well, even with this- even with the internet, dude. Like if you only grew up with the internet. And like maybe like a sixth grade education nowadays, which would probably be like a, a full education back then, or something. I don't know. Maybe maybe it's worse now. I I really don't know. But um, I just feel like it is. Well, but it's it's so easy to understand how they would just be like, oh, this is my my father felt this way. I don't read the paper. My life sucks. This guy's telling me it's everybody else's fault. That sounds good. I'm a human being. I'm breathing. So of course I'm inclined. I want to believe that that none of this is my fault. <laughs> you know. So it's well, especially and. Especially when you get to the stuff where it's like, as there's the rise in power, then there's an absolute agenda and absolute coercion of this is what I want to tell you. So that then as you're hearing that, it's Mm. like when you look into stories about or podcasts and you hear about some of the experiences of people in, say, North Korea, where it's like all of us outside are like, how can you how can you think this? But then as you hear just how ingrained, like there was a there was a podcast where uh, it's ju- just a sidestep to prove the point though. Like back in the nineties, um, uh, WCW who did uh, they were a wrestling company. They did stuff with a Japanese um, wrestling company called New Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, the guy who, who one of the guys who ran New Japan at the time he was he was putting on a, a, a festival, a sports festival or whatever in North Korea. Uh, and then some of the some of the WCW people went with them, mm. and for them they were like, "Look, this can be this shows how international we are." But then it's also like the controversy gets more eyes on your product, blah 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 blah. Yeah. Uh, but then when they're sharing their stories about being in North Korea, they're like, "You had no idea how people could." When you hear stories about North Korea after being outside of it, you're like, "How can people like? How can they think any of this? Like they must, whatever." But then he's like, "Inside." It's so different. Yeah. Like you're get you're they're coming off the plane, they're being separated, they're being grilled, all their personal stuff is being taken away. Like whenever they are together, someone from the government was officially with them. Mm-hmm. When they are giving statements, it's like you are reading this statement. And it's about how great the magnificent leader is. Yeah. Like, and we are filming you, and you are it's very obvious if you're not doing this, like we might throw you in a cell and you're never coming out. So then the very doctored stuff that gets shown is even from people flying in talking about how great that leader and how everything is in comparison. Hmm. So then it's just interesting when you look at something like World War II with Japan, 
because uh, some of that stuff happened there, but yeah, the also Germany stuff. and other countries. Just how much suppression gets in that, where it's like so many German people didn't know about the like, even though some of it was clearly obvious, mm. some of the even the German people didn't even know about how horrific the the Jews and others were being treated through the Holocaust. Well, yeah, some of them knew, but not all of them knew. No, because it's not like they they put and that because, stuff up in the papers or anything, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> But it's just it's just interesting just as people now talk of like, how could anybody think that and how it's like it's it's understandable. And that's something I really appreciated about those two documentaries, just how they weren't trying to be like, oh, hey, these people good, these people bad. Yes, they showed like these people and their actions substantially worse. Yeah. And it did show like the British army doing like doing good. And it, I'm not saying it painted anybody in the light because historically I don't think you could equate the British army in World War II at the level of the German army or, or anything like that. Yeah. Or the Japanese army. Like it's it's showing it's just showing the actions and letting you judge for yourself. Yeah. And I really appreciated that. Well, um, I think I, I it was think... a documentary series I started about the uh the Vietnam War, mm. but then as I've been reading into it, it's like that one, it the Vietnam War is such a controversial topic that it was just this this uh this documentarian i can't remember who it was it was there's stuff where like people who uh, like historians have been like they deliberately didn't include this part because this part undoes the narrative of what this was pushing and that's where it's like i hate the narratives yeah i I, if i want to read your opinion i'm absolutely open to reading your opinion but in the case of a documentary just tell me what happened like don't give me your spin and that's why I don't like Michael Moore films. Because those are borderline propaganda. <laughs> what? <films. laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. It's funny. I, I've been thinking about that lately, too, because we've we've gone to this. And it, it sort of goes back to, like, how could people think this? And we were talking about China and stuff like that. And, and, and I was sort of thinking, like, you know, we have all these combating narratives or these narratives that are sort of fighting against each other. And... It, recently, I've been thinking about... Because I've been trying to figure out, like, how, how are you, like... Because we've gotten to a point where if you believe something, your opinion has become the truth. It's become the fact, right? Like, and um, I've just been thinking, like, because you were saying that the narrative of the states and the narrative of, or of the narrative of the allies and the narrative of the axis, and and it's like there each has a narrative, but there's clearly like there's clearly a lesser of two evils, right? And I think oh, like yeah. it, it was interesting because I almost I almost got into an argument today with this guy on Reddit where he was like. Yeah, have you seen that picture of of all those uh, white trash idiots uh, protesting in their pickups and stuff, uh, and then like they're they're blocking off the hospital entrance and stuff like that in the states, and then um, there's nurses that have have made a line so that they can't cross it. Yeah, and one person was saying, "Oh, are these nurses like? Do you know if they're actually nurses? Are they paid people to do this? Is this whole thing because you know there, a lot of stuff has come to light in the past few days where." Um, all of these protests, all these right-wing prote- protests, they've all been linked back to one single person who, in a single day, made all these groups and who, in a single day, made all these events. And, um, or not a person, but an entity, right? Um, a lot of people are, like, it's it's big yeah. news now. So so someone was saying, oh, maybe the counter-protest with the nurses is, has been orchestrated in the same manner. And, and I'm thinking, um, okay, but I don't even care because I agree with those nurses. And, and it gets to a point where it's like, we're sort of in, in the world today where it's like, you're not allowed to do that. You're not allowed to, you're not allowed to, 
you know, you're not allowed to choose which narrative you want. You were like, where I'm like, even if that is, even if these nurses are paid actors and they're not actual nurses, um, they're right. <laughs> you know, and it's, it's, it's really, it really, it really starts to make me think where I'm like, I don't even want to participate in any of this anymore because you can't be right anymore. There's no reasonable standard. There's no standard of reasonableness. And it, and it gets me back to, and, and I think that's sort of the point, right? Where these astroturfing campaigns and stuff like that, you know, um, even in the last election, there, there were events put on like, uh, you know, a pro-Muslim rally will be set up across the street from a pro-gun rally. And they're both done by Russian propaganda, propagandists, right? And the whole idea is to get people to think that there are people out there who believe things that they don't and that they want to take stuff away from you and then, like, get them to fight against each other, right? And, and um, oh, crap. What was I thinking? Oh, yeah, yeah. So it's the narratives. It's the narratives. <laughs> which, which narrative is right? Because I think right. there's, always, there's always going to be a narrative, right? And it's like, I'm just trying to figure out, like, obviously the allied narrative is the right one. I mean, I mean, how can you argue against it, even if they're lying, to, to, to make themselves look better. It's like, <laughs> yeah, but, you know, <laughs> they, yeah. they weren't burning, yeah. they weren't cremating Jewish people against their will, dude. Like, let yeah. them tell the no, lies no, they no, want. Exactly. Uh, but I, I just want to say one thing. I, I want to, with China, China, like we were talking about how, how can Germans believe this or how can North Koreans believe this? China is the most fascinating example of that. Um, there's, there's instances online where uh, people have gotten into fights with Chinese nationals and the Chinese nationals will crap on their government and they're saying, yes, our government does do that. We hate it. We don't want our government to do that anymore. And you know what? Your government does this, this, and this and we hate that and we don't want them to do it. And the Chinese people are like, they can't fathom that someone would be like, wait, wait, wait. We just insulted your government and you're agreeing with us? That that's not a burn to you? And they're like, no, you idiot, because we have free speech. Because our government isn't God. Like, our government isn't, like, it's just, right. they're, they're working for us, and they're not doing a good job, and we're mad. And it's, um, <laughs> and the Chinese, and that's the Chinese, like, oh, that's their culture, man. I don't, I'm not saying it's a racial thing. I'm saying it's their culture. They they cheat to get ahead, literally. Like, uh, you know, no one, uh, there's so many um, uh, online uh, gaming um competitions or organizations that won't allow Chinese players to play because they like to them if you don't cheat you're an idiot like literally everybody's cheating like it's like if you don't take the avenue that's provided to you to get ahead then you're dumb and you don't deserve to succeed and and you can see that in the way they deal with us and the way they take advantage of our real estate laws and the way they take advantage of um uh, the biggest thing is the copyright laws all around the world they're huge and notorious so you're not going to find anyone who will disagree with the fact that China is is has built a large part of their economy on other countries' innovations, right? Um, it, it's uh, <laughs> it's fascinating to me that these people they don't they're it's I don't know, dude. It's scary. It's fascinating and it's it's terrifying uh, that that China exists and that these people are they don't understand and they don't care. They're happy to be. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and it's sort of what I think when I when I watch these. Uh, <laughs> These conservatives, uh, these these nut, these I don't know who called them conservatives or right wings anymore. They just these nut jobs, right? Who who are protesting the the quarantine order, and it's 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 uh it's funny because a lot of these people I would imagine they talk about being they you know probably use that nomenclature and stuff like that, and it's like you know <laughs> you're <laughs> you're getting by corporations and and big business and and Russian trolls and 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 right wing think tanks and stuff like that. Like you're. <sighs> Chris, I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying anymore, dude. I don't. I don't like talking about this stuff. I don't want to participate in the world because I can't. I can't. I can't organize it properly in my head. It went. I can't do it. <laughs>
it all sucks, right, so, dude. Uh, I'm just like all this here, stuff is flooding in. I'm like, it's all connected. <laughs> <laughs> like it's all connected, and I can't do it. And I don't. I don't. And then I think, why do I care? Why am I participating in this? <laughs> so, just because the way you ended that train of thought reminded yeah. me of this great, um, this great meme where it was uh, someone pointed out was pointing out all the flaws of like the, the trying to follow the logic of the, uh, the Terminator timelines as the sequels have kept coming. And then the final one was like pointing to stuff that was in different franchises. Like, <laughs> wait, where's old Biff? How did this? Just... <laughs> it just reminded me of that. Um, all right. So I, I have a, uh, I have a random but serious question for you, sir. Oh, good. What did you think of Weezer's Teal album? <laughs> oh, uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I liked it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like I, I didn't enjoy the, their Black album, but I enjoyed their Teal album a lot. What? What's? What happened on the Black album? What was that about? It was kind of like electro pop a bit, or a little bit mm. more of that flavor. Mm. Um. It's, it's so funny with. Like Weezer, I, I, we've talked, and man, I, I've realized how much I miss talking music with people because music mm. used to be such, like, especially when we're younger, like music is like, that's my identity. What I listen to is who yeah. I am and all that stupid crap. Politics is the <laughs> new music. <laughs> Polit politics is the new music. Oh my gosh. But um, we're making that a shirt. Like we're just, we're making that a shirt. Um, but yeah, it was so just with with Weezer like I genuinely love that band. I've yeah. only grown to appreciate them so much more. One of the things I like really love about them is I feel like maybe they're getting to the point now where they, they've always done it but there's always been like this at times half apology for it, but <laughs> they they do what they want, right? They mm. they they can that's the thing. That's the kind of band that can do whatever the heck they want. And I think they should just embrace that. Like we got the, I can't remember the name of the album, but it had the song back to the shack where it was like Weezer's comeback album. And then their following album that had uh, California girls or whatever it was on it was hailed yeah. as more like a return to classic Weezer. Um, mm. And there was like this uh, in the lyrics. It's like, Hey, I forgot that disco sucked and all that where I'm just like, Rivers, I get that you're like the fans have been bashing you on the like uh, on the sound and all that just because you've gone in a different way, but also just do whatever the heck you want because there's so much fun to be had with that. Because when Weezer does just whatever the heck they want, like the Teal album, you get Happy Together, mm. which I'm like that was the cover I didn't know I needed. Weezer doing yeah. Happy Together just makes sense. Like, yeah, it's they, just they did. It's perfect. It's yeah. It did a really good job. I really like, I like, I watched this um, thing with him and I'm sort of jealous of, of his, his setup and, and the freedom with which he has to make music. But he, uh, it's really interesting because he just has this system, right? Where he's like, he's got a room. It's like his own studio. He can record anything he wants at any time. You just walk in there and write a song and it's going to sound great. And no one can hear it. There's no, it's just, he, it, and and the dedication he seems to have to getting better, becoming a better singer, becoming a better guitarist, a better songwriter, to exploring his craft, no matter if it's one of those three, right? This craft of being a, yeah. a musical performer, an artist. And um, he, um, 
Yeah, I just really appreciate it. And I really think that it took a lot of... Uh, I think the Teal album was for them, man. It's for him. It was just an endeavor. It was like uh, it was a band who who's done extremely well. And they're just like, uh, we just want to explore what we can do, what we want to do, what we feel like doing. And I don't think they're making music for anyone but Weezer now. Uh, and that's fine, yeah. man. <laughs> well, and that's the, like, that's the thing where I... I... I get that you like, I'm not an artist, but I, I do get mm. wanting to do stuff that your fans or your audience will enjoy. But then at the same point, I like the idea of if like they're there, like, dude, just within reason. And I say within reason, cause you don't want to do anything. That's like, well, we're going to do an album where it's just all really offensive stuff. Maybe don't do that, mm. but like, just do whatever you want. And you like, the thing is with fan culture, you get, so into stuff where it's like, well, it's not this, and so it sucks. And if you think this Weezer song is good, then you're the worst kind of fan or whatever. Where oh. this is kind of like, really, like the <laughs> the blue, like Pinkerton is a great mm. album, but it's also yeah. it's also one where I understand why that one is hard. It, it, it can be hard to recommend to people just because I'm like, I respect it. The artistry on it is admirable and awesome, but at the same point, like, dude. You didn't need to reveal half the stuff in the songs that you did. Like, bravo for doing it. But at the same time, I I didn't need to know that. <laughs> Nobody needed to know that. Like, so that. It's, well, I don't. What does he say in Pinkerton? Like, what is he talking about? Uh some of the stuff is. There's the Pink Triangle song. There's another. Hmm. Uh, another couple where it starts it get some of the lyrics seem to get very autobiographical where you're just kind of like mm-hmm. like kudos to you for doing it it's it, it came out great it's just i don't i don't think i needed to know that <laughs> yeah 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 but like as an artist like if you were to make that decision why oh, do you yeah, think no. you would have made it no 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 i just know i'm just curious like as i'm not i'm not oh. saying you're wrong to think that dude i'm just saying like if you if you were if you if imagine what you would have to be doing to make that decision like you know oh right yeah oh yeah no 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 and i i I don't fault them for doing it it's just Mm -hmm. like the thing is though ever since pinkerton came out that's been that's been the the thing that people compare everything against where it's like no dude look at i mean i mean literally oh sorry literally tell me what you would i want you to tell me (laughs) i want you to literally tell me yeah like why if you were if you had made that decision why do you think you would have made that decision if you were if you had made it i don't know uh, I, I guess <laughs> such a satisfactory actor, satisfactory answer, right? No. Um, okay. So, oh. <laughs> like, I, the thing is, <laughs> I don't know if I would have made that decision. That's the thing. Mm. Like, I don't. Mm. I there's some stuff where I just be like, I don't need to say this. Like, you, this person doesn't need to know. Like, I, I don't, I don't need to do this. So that's where that would be. So where it's like, I. So there might be times think, where dude. I might like I might I'm, have I'm sorry, conversations with people. Uh, sorry. No, I think I think there's a thing where we're both stopping, but it's also sort of laggy, so we're both starting again and we're not really but, the, Yeah, no, no the no. audio's cutting in and out. Like y- you were laughing and then I'm seeing this and then I'm getting the laughter. 
Oh, okay. Okay, yeah. Yeah, no, dude, I... Because I just want to... I was thinking, because I was like, you know, over the past year or so, I've been really been able to put myself in positions where I think, like, like I would never do heroin, or I would never go and do meth or something. I've been really trying to think, like, what kind of person that I would have to be, like, where would I have to be in my life? How intelligent would I have to be? Like, I'm just trying to, like, I'm really... And, and I'm get, I get, like, I guess, feelings... And stuff where I can right. relate it to times in my life where I've been close to that. And I'm thinking, and I can think, I just get like a feeling like a darkness or something. And I'm just like, whoa, that's way too real. That's way too raw. I'm so glad I, I was never put in a position where that was a decision I was going to make, right? And so I think like music is kind of, you can, if you can do it like that, you could probably do it with music, right? Where you can say like, oh, okay, oh, like yeah. if I were to, if I were to, so I guess, but at the same time, I guess, dude, if you were going to say like, it would have to be something so specific to his life, like what oh, motivated yeah, no, no. him? Yeah. And, and, and the thing is like, I think they've even said they were going through an interesting time where it, it's, it's, it's curious because with, with music, it seems like people, of course, they're, they're hoping to share their art, their, their creation with as many people as possible. So it's like, yeah, you yeah. like the cat, you like seeing it grow. You like seeing it catch on. But then there is the catch 22 of suddenly like I've got a lot more attention on me and I wasn't ready for that. Or I've got yeah. now a lot of expectation placed on me and I wasn't ready for that. Or I yeah. don't, I'm not that person. Um, mm-hmm. Or I didn't want that. I just wanted this part of it. Um, so I think they were in a, in a rough, in a rough place at that time. And sometimes you can like pink you and that can create great art and great music. Uh, like Pinkerton yeah. is a fantastic album. I'm not knocking it at all, but it's also one well, where he... it's also one where I'm like, if someone's like, "What's a great Weezer? What's great Weezer?" I'm like, "Okay, this is the deeper cut because this is the uh, like you've got El Scorcho, which is fine, but then you've got oh, across um, one the, of the across the ocean. Ever. Like then you've got stuff like across the ocean or." or Pink Triangle, or whatever it is, that are solid songs, but you're like, okay, this one's a little bit more real, uh, and someone's, like, burying their soul in that, unless you've had this relationship with this person, it's this this stranger doing it. Uh, the program froze. What? Oh. What's happening? I'm gonna pause. All right, so sorry about those technical difficulties. Um, all right, so yeah, I th- I think you're right. Like he uh, Rivers is an interesting cat. Oh, man. I want to say okay. So before we when we were talking in the in between, because um, yeah, we did just get cut off, right? Uh, are we going to mention that? Is that going to be okay? Yeah, because we just yeah, it happened abruptly. So Chris left the call for no reason whatsoever, and he won't tell me why. And uh... <laughs> oh yeah, that's what happened. <laughs> <laughs> Christian asking of. As soon as I can make Chris look bad, I'm going to do it. And then I'll apologize promptly <laughs> after. <laughs> she said something about Israel and Palestine, and you just signed right off. Oh, and I was come like, on. what was that about? <laughs> Throw in stuff like that. She said something about the Uyghurs, and, and they deserved it. I don't what? know. It's weird. Uh, uh, <laughs> um. <laughs> just, just stop. Just stop. I can see the wheels turning, and it's going to get worse. Yeah, we'll cut, we cut out all this. Just, yeah, let's just cut I'll this just off now. Um, no, no, but you were... St- <laughs> so, one thing that was fascinating to me, I heard this story a long time ago um, when Rivers was talking about how he, when he was writing Pinkerton, right? Um, and when we were talking before everything cut out, I didn't, I've, I didn't realize that this is, he was talking about Pinkerton when this happened. But, so, what he did was he 
got obsessed with the fact that one of his legs was shorter than the other, even though I doubt it was. I don't even think that's actually a thing unless it's like dramatically shorter, like an inch or two. Um, but it wasn't even that. I think it was like less than, less than an inch. So he went to the doctors and they're like, we can't do anything for you unless, you know, of course you want to break your legs and then reset them. And he was like, that's what I want to do. So that's what he did. He had his legs broken and reset so that they would be at even lengths. And he spent the whole time while he was getting better in incredible pain, um, writing Pinkerton. And I think that, that probably has a lot to do with his, um, you know, when you're sitting there, yeah, if you're mentally ill enough to be like, yes, break my legs so that they'll be the same length, even <laughs> though they're notice not <laughs> functionally the same length, functionally, maybe not actually. Uh, and then you're left there in your house yeah. alone. You're not touring anymore. You're not recording. <laughs> you're just sitting there with your broken legs. How crazy you must have been to do that in the first place. Yeah, I think you're, you're going to write some, some, <laughs> some introspective <It's>, stuff. <laughs> yeah, it, I, I was going to say, now, this is, it's just, when you're in those places, how it can lead to some some good art. Now, uh, I don't think you were ever a fan of this band. Yes. But I, I was for a while a fan of uh, the band Finger Eleven, uh, the Canadian. For a while, they were known as like the other... Canadian alt-rock band because the the big Canadian alternative band was Our Lady Peace, who I only got into in my later years. Like Some of their stuff is really, really good. But Finger Eleven, they had done their... I can't remember the name of their first first album, but then like it had the song Above on it. They had a couple big songs, so they they were gaining some Canadian traction and all that. Um, But then they they got dropped by their... their, uh, their record label. Uh, and then they got like, they got royally screwed on some royalties. They got dropped. So they were in this really, really angry place. And then they did their, uh, uh, grace to blue skies album, which is just, it's to me, it's still good. It's also just such an at, like that album has an atmosphere. Like it is a depressed, pissed off album. Like that comes across in the guitar work, it comes across in how the vo- a number of the songs are sung. There's some like there's some lighter pieces on it, but there's still it's. But to me, I'm like that. That was that band at their apex. They did some other stuff where it's like, oh yeah, it's catchy. It's this. It's whatever. It's not for me, and other people can enjoy it and write on. But I'm like that. You could not. They could not recreate that album because they that experience directly informed that album so it's just really interesting how you can like get that art from those bad places um but i can recommend grace to blue skies a lot easier than again pinkerton just not that pinkerton's bad it's amazing but like i said earlier it's got some deeper cut stuff where you're like hey this might be stuff i might share one-to-one with a friend who i've had this relationship with for ages instead of hey everybody here's my deepest thought where it's like whoa I was just asking what you thought of the fries. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that's, I mean, that's, well, that's being, I, okay, so, hmm, hmm, okay, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know, man. I don't know. I think maybe we, we could leave it there because I'm thinking, because you started, because now I started to think like, man, I mean, that's the point of art, right? Like, that's, that's the point. <laughs> no, no, and that's fair. That's fair. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, and I think I think the the thing the crux that we're we're sort of resting on here is marketability or viability in the market, uh, balancing that with um, 
becoming getting I guess too much in your own head or, or wanting to make too much of your own stuff like I guess but that's really a decision they have to make themselves right like you know uh, do you right. yeah yeah and I think I think Weezer is making the decision where you know we we they got the fame based on writing songs that they liked I assume they wanted to be famous I assume they wanted other people to like their songs but I think as you get older um and and other people's opinions start to mean less to you and you don't seek validation from the outside world you sort of start to cultivate it within yourself i think that's um what we're seeing with him right and 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 i think other yeah. people you know some people might say hey you know it doesn't seem like he's maturing it seems like if anything he's regressing but maybe for him that is maturing maybe for him he had too much pressure on himself maybe for him letting go and doing what is fun is a growth maybe that is progressing well well, we we talked about this um, before we started recording an episode or two ago, mm. um, where <laughs> with like say Rick Rubin, Rick Rubin's the producer. He, he produced, and I know, I know the Red album. Sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I know, and now I know that's the same point for you, and that's that's fair. Oh, you want to get um, into it? Wait, what? How? Wait, how? Oh no, what, no, 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 no! I know you don't want to get into it because I know you want. That's the one thing you want to avoid, Chris. But I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> What you, you tell me to my face. What, like, what, <laughs> what, what do you think I think? Like, what do you, do you think, like, oh, wait, no, you know my opinion about Rick Rubin, don't you? Yeah, because we've talked about this, what, just not on this. What is my opinion about Rick Rubin, Chris, please? <laughs> uh, I believe the way, uh, uh, the short version of it is, <laughs> you find he gets... He gets a lot of credit mm-hmm. um, when he might not necessarily do a lot of the actual production side of the producing. No. Am I, am I off base? No, 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 not at all. I think, like, he, because he, I think there is this, like, this sort of, like, zen art to being a good producer or mixer where, like, there are times when it is more about not doing anything than it is doing something. But almost every time I've seen him just laying on a couch, like, mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. and it's like, you're not behind a desk. You're just, you know, it's he gets the most successful artist in the world to work with him in the most expensive studios ever with the best gear and the best people, and he just sits there and does nothing and gets amazing <laughs> credit for. It. Like when you listen to, like everything he does is so lazy too. It's like he'll like the the latest Strokes album. He just he worked on that, and there's little things where it's like there's no crash going into the second chorus of the adults are talking. There's no there's little things missing. There's little things added in that make it seem a little more crafty, you know, a little more indie, and it's like. So just because he's too damn lazy, all of a sudden it, it, it's cool, you know. <laughs> like all of a sudden he's a, he's this original producer. It's like, oh, that doesn't sound like it doesn't sound professionally mixed. The guy's a genius. <laughs> like everything's compressed to the point where it's just about to distort. The man's a genius. <laughs> I don't, I don't. Like, I'm certain he does stuff. Like, I'm certain, like, you know, for everything that we don't see him doing, everything you can say, like, oh, he didn't have a hand in this. He probably, you know, there's probably things he does do. Or even if he just, he gives the band members a way of getting right. out of their own way, you know? Even just that. Even as just, like, a psychological manager of people. I mean, obviously, he keeps getting work, but I think, yeah, I think he might be overrated. <laughs> well, well, we had the conversation that I think ties it into, ties it back to Weezer, is that, like, what I think he does, just because you, you said, like, maybe the growth is going back. And I'm like, I think what Ruben is most known for, and I, to me, where I, where I give him the most credit, because I don't know as much of the production side, is where he said is he helps, he helps people refine where they, like, where they were. Uh, like, going back to the well. 
But then going back, like going back to the well doesn't mean like, oh, I'm back to being 13. It's where was I? And then bringing the knowledge and experience you have now to that place and then uh, and then applying that to your art, to your craft. So that's where I that's where I like a guy like him. But like you saw how it worked with Johnny Cash, like the American albums that were his comeback albums, uh, like that was Ruben basically being like, look, we're just sitting and we're recording. And then Cash, like without the pressure of like, oh, I've got to do this because this was successful. Or uh, in the case of Metallica with the um, Death Magnetic album where every every album from the Black Album onwards was produced by Bob Rock, and he was very hands-on, and he he was helpful to the band, but then it also is like, all right, what's what's the goal of this? They're like, we, we, it's like, look, the goal here is just you guys being you guys, just going back to, like, figuring out who you were again, but, like, taking mm-hmm. who you are now, applying it to who you were then. So that's where I think you can revisit your earlier stuff and still have it be growth. Because it's it's that melding, right? The, yeah, yeah. That, that 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 there's you know there are more than one instance wherein he's been credited with doing that, with taking someone who's gotten lost in themselves or who has lost themselves, and and sort of bringing them back to what made them them or great or special in the first place, right? And. I I mean yeah I guess he's unique in that sense because a lot of producers or, or sound engineers they don't you know I guess they're more because when you th- when you th- you think of what a producer does and then you listen to like what he's done with the bands and you listen to their other stuff and you're like how is this different from their other stuff like a lot of his most recent collaborations I've listened to it and I'm like it doesn't seem like it doesn't seem like he helped these people at all it really doesn't it seems like he just they were like we're gonna do this new thing and we're not confident about it so we're gonna get this big name to come in and sort of be like hey you know like if we made these decisions the the, the genius producer was where you're working with us if he that, you know you could say he's the one who made those decisions and if he's the one who made them then clearly they gotta be good and I'm the one who's an idiot for not getting it right and I, I, I think it gives them a sort of a license to actually not put out their best right. to not question themselves to not you know, I think there's this aspect of that. So, I mean, I'm, I'm not in there. I'm not a mind reader. I wasn't applying the wall. I don't understand. I do think, you know, he gets his, a lot of credit. And then I'm like, oh, I'm excited <laughs> to hear the album from this band I like that he worked on. And then I hear the album and I'm like, oh, it was just as bad as their last album. Or something, you know, it's like there was no growth here. Like they just changed, they, they sidestepped into another puddle of crap. It was just a different color or something, you know. So, yeah, I, I feel like he is sort of overrated. But, I mean, honestly, out of any, I would love to work with him. I would love to work with him. I'd be like, this would be amazing. <laughs> um, okay, so I was also going to say, just because we're, we're getting close to that time where I was like, hey, we're going to wrap it this time, but now we're going to bump at 15 minutes. Um, earlier when we were talking music, um, I, as we were into those weeds, I, I mentioned Rage Against the Machine. That is a that is a tremendous band. Um, I I remember in the early early two thousands um, when American Idiot dropped and Bush was the president. So at times suddenly it was like it was very very fashionable and everybody was political. Mm. I'm just like man, if you want to listen to like good political music, like beyond like I don't like you, like critical interesting political music. Rage Against the Machine is outstanding. Um, 
and the, like they're still playing live. I'm just like, I'm like, I, I, I would love another album from them. They're not in the place I think where yeah. they feel they can, but I would love, I, I, I would eat that up in a heartbeat. Um, no, and I, you know, dude, for ever since Trump was elected, I was saying like, we need rage. Rage needs to come back. <laughs> we need rage. We need rage now more than we did before, right? Because it's like, dude, I don't know. I think a lot of our generation, we were like, you know, we were attracted that in our teens, we were, that was when the internet was starting to get big and we could actually research stuff. And in our teens, you know, you have that thing where you're like, you're becoming um, rebellious towards uh, the norms or the stories you've been told or the truths that you, you think are, you know, that, that society has told you. So you start to research this stuff. You're like, I want the real story. I don't want the history lesson that we get taught in school. And you start to learn all this stuff about how the states and the Canada and how they do these terrible, awful things and they're hypocrites. And, and you start saying, then you're like, oh, this is a part of my identity. So I, I think it's interesting because rage came up in a time where the generation before us, like Generation Xers, they didn't have the internet. They couldn't. They 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 got you know they got certain books and stuff like that. They did know certain things, but all of a sudden, our generation has all of this info, and now all of a sudden, and I think that's where it sort of relates to the the American idiot thing, where it's like everyone. It, now between the internet between all the info that you have and also your ability to say hey this is my identity and present it to the world like internationally to the whole world like the internet like all of a sudden you have uh, these these everyone's sort of playing that game of like they're using that sort of uh, left wing rebel uh, ideology yeah. as like their identity right where it's like now it's like it's being fed to you by like the Burger King of music <laughs> Green Day or well, something like that right or, that was the thing. <laughs> it was like Sorry, sorry. Oh, oh, I just wanted to say, I just, I'm sorry, dude, I got, no, the one thing about Rage, I'm really sorry, um, the, the one thing, I, and I was like, oh, we need Rage so badly, we need them to come back, and to find out that they're still playing shows, but they're not releasing any albums, is, to me, a complete and utter abdication of any responsibility they may have, right? Like, obviously, you can't say they're responsible for anything, they're just a band, they're just making music, but at the same time, it's like, dude, if everything you said before, everything you say means nothing, if you're willing to go and tour and make a Million, like you know, however much money they're gonna make off of touring, but not releasing well, <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Like you're just you're 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 resting on the lore. like everything you said back then is bullshit because you're resting on its laurels now and you're not making anything new. You're not contributing to the cause. You're not. You're just. You know, <laughs> oh, Chris. <laughs> All right. So uh, what were you gonna say, the, man? The first part was like. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, I don't think it was. Uh, I'm not trying to say it's Green Day's intent, but or anything like that. But let. But to me, in in the 2000s, you could you. You can absolutely call out politics, but it became, in cycles, it becomes quite fashionable to do so, right? Like, ed suddenly everything and everybody's yes. political. It's like, yes. now's the time, now's the time. And it's it's easy, It's to yeah. me, it's easy and it's lazy when it's like, well, I do it when everybody else is doing it. It's like, well, yeah, because you're seeing success, success and there's nothing to fear. So you as a band or someone who normally is like, I'm against trends and I'll, I'll call mm -hmm. out people for selling out. You're doing the exact same thing right now. This could be your genuine opinion, but if this is the only time you're expressing it, this isn't brave. This isn't like breaking new ground. You're just going with the flow. Like pointing back to Rage, who in the 90s were critical of yeah. the Bush and the Clinton administrations. Like being fully critical of the Clinton administrations, at least in art and music, mm -hmm. wasn't necessarily fashionable. Being, and they were criti being critical of the Bush administration at that time. Also, for the most part, they, they, they weren't just critical of, of the administrations. They were critical of America as a, an imperialist entity, right? I, I, just the, the history of imperialism and lies and and just the the hypocrisy like that. That was what they were all about. They're like, you know, and they're like, like, I, I feel like when I first learned about 
like when I like it was it was years ago when I first learned about Bernie. I was really getting into the history of America and what it could have been, what it was supposed to be, right? Like what what the apparent ideals that were expressed at its founding uh, meant. And and I was like, oh, so the America that we have is a joke. It's a lie, right? And I think that's what the thing where where with rage, where it's like they know what it's supposed to be, right? And it's supposed to be what we're told it is, but it's not. Right? Like, that's the thing. <laughs> and, wait, what was I going to say? Uh, <laughs> sorry, while, while, you're, while you're figuring out, um, I did want to respond. I think the reason that they're not doing new albums, yeah, no. though, is when the, they, they yeah. broke up just because they, like, all of them are very, very passionate people. And sometimes that passion made it quite difficult for them to work with each other. So they're like, the playing together is the part, is the part that's mm-hmm. fine. The creating together is something that got yeah. strained and they were like, they broke up. It was amicable because they're like, we need to do this because we're going to, we're, we might kill each other. Just, <laughs> I, I, I'd love to know more, more behind that. But I think that like when they started re at first it was for a one-off show. And then as mm. they've said, like, we will get to the studio when we feel we can do that. And that's where it's like, I, I don't think it's a case of, laziness it might just be like look we want to still be able to do this because then they can still they can still contribute with some of their older stuff where it's like if we maybe they're afraid of like if we get back in the studio even if there's this common thing like those old tensions will return i i don't quite know but that's been my understanding but i just want to say rage is friggin' outstanding um they're they're them so good um and it's just as we were talking about like and as we were talking about like that earlier, the only reason I got to them was just because even every once in a oh, while, right now, dude, it's like, ever. hey, let's, there's this thing of revisiting the 90s and nostalgia. And I've seen people being like, I miss rap metal. I was like, look, there was only ever one good rap metal, like actual rap metal. And that was friggin' Rage Against the Machine. When Aerosmith did it with MC and Anthrax did it with Public Enemy, that was a one-off and both were great. But the actual fusion, mm. Rage Against the Machine, they're the only ones that yeah. did it well. Like... Lincoln Park was what Lincoln Park was, and the stuff worked, but it, I wouldn't call that rap metal. And then they they went off and whatever. Uh, Lincoln Park, but <laughs> like, yeah, no, I mean, I think Rage is the only one that you know why Rage. I think Rage is the only one that get it got it right. Um, <laughs> not because I, I guess there's that that anger, that righteous anger there, not that like loser debutante energy. It's it's more of like our our you know with rage it's like that's real stuff man it's the stuff we've been lied to uh, the whole story we were told about America and the West is wrong <laughs> everything uh, is a lie we're being fleeced we're sheep um, all that stuff no it's all very true it's all very real it's if it's real before you lived it'll be real when you die right and so none of that self indulgent BS emo crap um, in regards to their <laughs> their uh, their uh, creative uh, battles I think they should just listen to Morello like. He should be able to make any and every decision, and just they should just go along with it. Because, I mean, like like the bassist, you can find any bassist who can play like him. There's, I'm sure there's a thousand in the world you could just get replace him. Done, gone. Drummer, same thing. Uh, Dilaraka, I think he's the only one you can't replace. Him and Morel, Morel, uh, Tom Morel. Um, so, um, but Dilaraka, and I think what's going on with him is that the whole thing in the '90s, uh, everyone had the same sort of like the amount of like information about the lies that were being told everyone had that same info and there wasn't a lot right it was like the the narrative was a lot more narrower 
that you could be attacking. And now with the internet and and the fact that it's like 20 years later and the world has become even more connected, interconnected, and even more of like a a gaslighting propagandist uh, s show. Um, <laughs> that rage. It's there's no. I don't think there's a narrative for him to latch onto anymore. I think it's not only does he not have that sort of drive that he had when he that a young man has that a man in his 20s has everything that he wants to prove and everything that he wants to change that rage um so i think he's older now it's just like he just probably doesn't have the energy or motivation because now it's twice as hard to figure everything out there's <laughs> like 10 20 times as much information you, you there's you're less capable of finding out what's true and what's not and there's no real it's really difficult to choose a narrative to really fight it back against power with because there's so many now right it's and so I think that's that's probably what's going on because I think deep down they're probably like okay, you know if I'm gonna put pen to paper and I'm gonna say new things, then I gotta, you know it's gotta be as right as he was before. Right. So it's a lot easier when you think of it from a human perspective to be like you know what, let's just keep touring. Let's just, <laughs> you know, I want to keep doing this. Just make some money, but I can't deal with the the amount of pressure that's on me as a man to, or a person to to to. To write that, to be sincere, to to, s- <laughs> I think that's what's happened, dude. I think he's, they're just tired. They're old. I think that's it. Well, that's a it, bummer. That, <laughs> <laughs> that uh, like they're one who there there's there's a couple bands where I'm like, you know what? I'd be even though I'm fan a fan, and I'd always want like, of course, I'm going to be interested in the more, um, yeah. like. Hetfield. Hetfield is someone where I'm like, I want a new solo album from you. Like, that's a oh. want. Um, wait, wait. Has Ray, he ever had a solo album, though? No, no. Like, we talked about ne- this. No, no. He's never had one. So I, but I, yeah, we I, need. Like, I would love a, a Hetfield <laughs> solo album. I'd love a new Rage album. Yeah. Metallica, as much as I'd love... as that, That's a want, but that's not a... I'm also like, look, you guys have done some, in my opinion, great music, but they could also just tour because they put on great live shows. Iron Maiden, of course, I want another Iron Maiden album, but at this point, it's like, there's a, a lot of material, and what's there is amazing, and you guys could also just tour and have that the fun of the live shows, but yeah, Rage is one where I'm like, oh, but, I want a new Rage album, uh, and then Heffield, Heffield, I'd well, love I'm, a solo album from. Oh, dude, you know me, I'm not a Metallica yeah. fan, I'm not a fan of metal, I am a fan of sincere artists people who are true artists who are like i said sincere and i think headfield is that i think he deserves to get the heck away <laughs> from that drummer <laughs> headfield headfield deserves to have his own separate identity his own separate musical identity chris you understand what i'm saying he yeah he doesn't need some <laughs> sociopath latching on to him for an identity right um so i yeah, I I would really I would love I I think he deserves it. I think uh, the fans deserve, I would love to see a solo album from Headfield. That would be amazing. I think the thing with Rage, so I think the problem with Rage Man is that they they you know, that's the problem with them in the first place. They came out the gate. They're like we have like we have principles. We have an agenda. This is the thing we do. And it's like you you can't like you can't do it. You can't just be like no uh, no. You it's, can't. It's not Metallica, dude. Like like nobody expects anything from Metallica, right? They just it, expect Metallica to play different. Metallica songs. But from Rage, there's this expectation of speaking truth to power. Well, it it'd be like ex, it it uh, another good difference uh, or illustration of that difference would be like I'm expecting like I'd love say a. I'd love a new Will Smith album. I'm a Will Smith fan, but that is quite different than like 
Public Enemy album. Because Public Enemy was very similar to Rage. Um, so, it, it, like, it's a very different endeavor. Uh, and Public Enemy is still going. But, you get like, it, the, the point stands. It's a very different endeavor. Um, while, while we are talking Hepfield, before we wrap up, uh, just uh, with him, it, the album, like, in my mind, like, the guy's a metal musician. As much as he loves country and other genres, like, I think it would... Si- even though it would still come out like probably metalish, it'd still be just like how he approaches stuff and like how he works songs, even when it's just covers is, is interesting. There's the straight up acoustic sets he's done where like, he's not the best singer, but he made in my life by the Beatles work, which for me, I'm like, that's one of my favorite frontmen from one of my favorite bands covering one of like my favorite song from one of my favorite bands. Like, I was like, oh my gosh. Uh, But then even doing, (laughs) like, the Hank Williams song, Don't Outlaw Bit, has done got out of hand as a thrashy country song. I was like, this is Mm. awesome. Like, this is is just, good thing to do this. And the fact that he did it and made it work, I'm like, how did, give me more of this, man. Just, like, I'd love it. Yeah. So, so wait, are these from wait? So he hasn't done a solo album. So wait, how did he record and release? These are just live performances. Uh, so he did an acoustic song, uh, an acoustic set, I think, for a benefit. Um, mm. So that was just live. And then in uh, "Don't You Think This Outlaw Bit," that it was on a tribute album for uh, for Hank Williams, who had just passed, because uh, they got oh. really close. They got close in the nineties. Yeah. Um, the Load album, which is. Load and Reload are my two least favorite Metallica albums. They got some good stuff. One of the songs on there is a straight up country song just called Mama Said. Um, mm. It's like, it, it's got the twang and everything, man. Um, like at certain parts. It's, it's, a, it's an interesting thing, but I'd love a solo album from him just because just when he does stuff, it's, and he's such a good musician. He's so underrated. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, dude. No, I mean, had like, yeah, I'd love, I'd love to. What's that song? Um, and I knew I used to know the name, and it's like, uh, it, it goes into this like, like boom, boom, like, like, oh my daddy, yo. something like. What's what's that song? That Metallica song. Um, shoot, I know it, but oh, maybe maybe it's maybe it's their cover of Whiskey in the Jar. Yeah, the cover of Whiskey, it's in, whiskey the in the Jar. It's Whiskey in the Jar. It's Whiskey in the Jar, yeah. Yeah. That's a cover? Uh, For, a number of artists have done it. It's an old Irish drinking song. Like, it's just a, that it's just well, one of those older songs that's gained traction and gotten so, like, so well-known. I don't know who's the most famous person for doing it, but I, I love their cover of it. Dude, their cover of it? I, I, I listen to it, I'm like, this is what Metallica should be. I would love this, like, all the time. Like, I, they, they had that pop in there, but it, it had, like, that Metallica just, like, that oh, that that metal players restraining themselves, but it sounds like a Japanese, like, man, I don't know if you know about this, but Japanese cover bands, they're, like, so tight, it's like they're robots. It's like they're <laughs> perfect robots who were made to cover the song. And that's what it felt like with them, where these guys who are used to just going all out, you know, BW, um, <laughs> B's to the W, and, <laughs> uh, and, they, uh, and they're just, they're perfectly restrained, and they're doing everything, like, everything's 
purposeful and it's it's poppy and it's good and i just i really i thought that was amazing especially if it was an old folk song an old irish folk song and they turned it into that why are you guys playing sorry chris i'm sorry to do this but why are you playing metal if you can do that because <laughs> people love metal christian the ba- the band loves it i know the basis of the name. <laughs> i know metal like metal metal musicians are true musicians they're some far beyond me i'm just like how can you be so smart and play just math. Why are you playing math, dude? Why don't you play something? <laughs> I, I've got to say, just because when we've talked of, when we've talked favorite covers, legit, some of my favorite covers are by yeah. Metallica. They, they cover other songs like Nobody's Business. They can re- they can make their, uh, they, they can put their own stamp on it, right? While still paying a lot of homage. Um, their cover yeah. of Tuesday's Gone um, by Leonard Skinnerd. I love. It's got, um, Another vocalist, uh, key, uh, I can't remember his name, but then there's a harmonica virtuoso on it, and it's it's just it's a jam. It's an acoustic jam cover. Just recorded. I love it. Their cover of um, oh, what's Bob Seger's um, uh, "Turn the Page." I I like I I love that cover as much as I don't. I'm not as comfortable listening to early Misfits anymore. Yeah, just because that. The lyrics go where the lyrics go. Uh, it's still like their covers of it are incredibly tight. Um, mm. But I, I, I enjoy their original output and all that. But I mm-hmm. I wasn't planning on getting down the metallic rabbit hole. Um, just because just because we mentioned Linkin Park earlier and it was interesting. Now, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I do want to say <laughs> bullying sucks. <laughs> the, jo- the joke in point was fair. Mm. But also, <laughs> it's. It, that part, oh, Lincoln Park, anyway. yeah, the dude killed himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally know. I, I didn't. I forgot yeah. about that. <laughs> well, but so it's it's so at the time their first album yeah. came out. Um, I remember because you lived over on Dawes mm-hmm. at that time. I like we were in eighth yeah. grade. I'd walk over to your school, uh, walk over to your house, uh, your apartment, and then we'd walk over to school together. Yeah. Um, and on my way over, I'd be able to listen to the first couple tracks from Hybrid Theory. And at the time, I real at the time I really dug it, and then they got in the end, which I still I all argue is a good song. Amazing, no, but it, it's it's good, yeah. it's good. Um, that's one I can go that's one I can go back to. But for the longest time, just because by the time we got to high school, they got in the end hit, and it was such a massive single that suddenly all their stuff was overplayed. It was like a good six years where I'm like, I hate Linkin Park. Yeah. I can't stand them. They're they're everywhere. And our mutual friend Kino at one point tried to be like, oh, they're the one of the best voices in music. And I'm like, the Beatles. And he's like, ah, oh, no, I prefer them. I'm like, no. <laughs> so uh, it was just, it was a case of, it was another case of fans ruining yes. the band for me. But then also, then also overexposure. But now, now, like later when I was eventually able to go back to that band, I can still enjoy that band. I can enjoy their early output. But there are certain songs where I'm like, this is not because of the style, but because of how the lyrics where I'm like, this, this takes so much to this time period. Yeah. So the song One Step Closer, when you like, it's a, it, it's a solid enough song. But when you get to that bridge where it's just like, shut up, shut up when I'm talking, I'm like, ugh. This, this, or uh, another example is from a band from that time, Disturbed, when they did that Down With The Sickness song. Yeah. That song is what that song is, but there's a whole reason, like, oh, mom, do that. And you're like, what is this? What? And it's, it's so dated to 1999, 
in music. Yeah. Where you're like, yeah, this, this was a thing that we briefly did. <laughs> what 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 was that? They came out with um, wasn't there a new song they came out with like 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 a. It was right before he killed himself, right? Like they were just about to go on like a tour or something. I think so. I'm not sure. I I remember. Yeah, it was like their 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 new like it was like oh we're sort of, you know there uh, is a reboot sort of of the band right, and I remember that song came out, and I was like oh you know it was it, I think it was in my late twenties, and. And I, I was always put off by them, but I'm like, okay, I'll, like, I'll check it out. Like, I haven't heard anything from Lincoln Park. Apparently, this is, like, their new thing, right? They're they're reinventing them, or they're they're coming out again. And so I listened to it, and I'm like, this is actually, like, I don't think it's necessarily my sort of thing, but it's something that I can definitely say, like, it, I don't dig it, but I, I understand, like, I I respect it, right? Which is something I, I really couldn't say too much about their earlier stuff, like the stuff they came out with when, when I was young. But the new thing, I was like, good for you guys. Like, I think you're, you've, you've found something good. Like, it's not too, it's not whiny. It's it's dramatic still, which is, like, it's all, like, I'm down with something dramatic, man. Like, I, I like songs that make you feel like you're on the top of a tidal wave at the end of the world. <laughs> and it's about to crash down. Like, you're Noah right there on the cusp <laughs> and you got your boat and you're just riding it, right? That's, I love, I love songs like that. Like, I, uh, but, you know, uh, uh, and it was really, it was really sad to me that, uh, he di- he died because it seemed like that. I was like, this is a band that I could actually like. This is the band that I could say, hey man, like you know what, they're actually cool now. Go like, uh, go check them out, right? Um, it it was just yeah, it was really sad. It was really yeah. sad. Uh, I mean, no, it's no, sad no, period, I, I, but no, I, I get what you mean. I get what you mean. I didn't think that was callous or anything. Yeah. Like. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I am, dude, I, I have to, like, I, there's one thing I'm just going to admit to myself. Like, I, I'm so long, I'm like, I'll say horrible, horrible things that I don't necessarily believe, really, right? Because, because like, the next day I'll say something and it's like, but how come you're not applying that same logic to the thing you were talking about yesterday? And then I realize, I'm like, oh, I shouldn't be saying anything about anything. I probably shouldn't be talking. So... I, <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't know what I was going to I don't know, man. Yeah, yeah, most of my opinions, even, you know, I, I don't... They're prob- I, I'm I'm willing to be. It's all right. I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap this up soon. It's just since we're talking music, one stuff I still I I enjoy music that can make you feel. Um, Matthew Good, <laughs> Matthew Good band uh, was so good. Um, Load me up. That's one at, dude. That at at that um, apparitions from the album before Beautiful Midnight is yeah. a tremendous track. Oh yeah, yeah no, dude. I mean, I mean, it, he has two of his songs are are they fit that rubric, that end of the world epic. You're on a wave rubric. Uh, Load me up and um, hello time bomb. Yeah. Uh, oh, so good. Those choruses, dude. When it kicks in, oh no! <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah, it's powerful. Like I've I've always wanted to recreate that. Like I, a lot of my songs do that. Like even the ones that aren't super hard, they'll always be soft. And when the chorus comes in, you it's supposed to drive you. It's supposed to pick you up. Like that's uh, uh, "Smells Like Teen Spirit." Uh, those two songs I mentioned. Like I, I could probably name off like almost any Lincoln Park single. Um, <laughs> like when the chorus kicks in, Deftones. Deftones are oh, huge yeah. about that. That's like the, that's every Deftone song ever, right? <laughs> no, dude. They're and they're the best at it. Like their production. Those the the guitars are so wide and they're so thick and but they're not like muddy you know they still have definition it's there's one thing about the deftones man i don't know they do guitars like nobody else does it's 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 been a long time since i visited the deftones um oh man that takes me back 
Um, I might have to. I might have to visit them later. <laughs> uh, the other, the other band. I, I there. It's. I can't remember the name because it's. It's mostly just one guy. But um, Abandoned Pools is a terrific yeah. alternative rock band. Um, so the uh, they're. I don't even know that band. This, where you'd know them is they did the theme song to Clone High, uh, but then, but then also. Uh, they had a song that featured in that show like once or twice, um, Start Over. But their second album, I think it was called Renegade, is really, really solid. And it's got tour, it's got the song Renegade is a great song, but then also um, Maybe Then Someday and the Goodbye song, both of them. I'm like, those, especially at the time they came out, they, they beat the entire emo game. Uh, I was like, this is the most this is the best like non Weezer emo I've heard. Uh, and that like, it was also pre my chemical romance, which I argue is a different kind of emo. Um, <laughs> like, and again, that black parade yeah. album is just so bloody good. Um, yeah, man. I, I, it's so interesting with music, how I, t- I appreciate it now, especially talking, talking to the guys just cause yeah, when we're young, we're, we were so wrapped up in like, Music is like my identity, and like you said, like music politics is the new music. Um, but it was like so staunch, staunch in your opinion of like, no, classic yeah. rock is the best, or no, nobody touches Nirvana, or like metal is it's something I, I didn't agree with other people who like metal, like it's metal or nothing. Where I'm like, nah, there's some really good music that's not metal. Um, and then also being able to recognize, like, look, light and fluffy can be fun. Like, there's room for pop music, guys. Therefore, it it's a different thing entirely. Yeah. Whereas it used to be like, no, it's this and everything else is garbage, yeah. but especially that, where it's like, man, there's so much more to enjoy. There's so much more to enjoy. Like, oh, oh, yeah, no, no, I man. I was just thinking about high school, like, uh, and it's interesting because it, it, it I was gonna make that point about. Remember uh, earlier when you were talking about that that um, individual you were talking to at your work, right? And I said, "How old are they?" And you're like 25, and I thought they were more like along the lines of 16 or 15, where stuff like that is their identity, and they haven't experienced enough of the world yet to understand what it is, right? And I think that's that's a huge component where with us and with teenagers, yeah. Like this music or this show or this book, they're they're my identity <laughs> because you don't know who you are. You haven't. It's not even that you don't know who you are. You haven't lived enough to be oh, yeah. a thing. Really Really, like most, not everyone, not everyone, dude. Some people, some people are, they're like old souls. They are. Or some people have a good idea as to what they think about the world and what they think about themselves, what they think about people at a young age. And I think those people are, are, they probably just had really good parents. Yeah. But I think, yeah, yeah. I think that's, it's a substitute for an identity, right? Like obviously, and it's the easiest one to do. And, you know, who's going to defend uh, a substitute identity more voraciously than someone who a doesn't understand what they're doing <laughs> doesn't understand that they're using it as a proxy for an identity and b doesn't have one yeah right yeah no i i i get, I get what you're saying so next time when we we do this i i definitely think let let's talk music more man it's so much fun to talk about music i i i forgot how much I enjoy like I, I listen to music all the time, but I forgot how much I enjoy talking about it because for the longest time it became like, I'll talk about movies. I'll talk about all the other interests because for a long time in my in my younger years, it was like my main interest, music and movies. Uh, but then it's discovering like other other things, um, comics, video games and all that where I'm just like, man, I, I miss talking about like how good the Beatles were oh. or <laughs> Or like, or or in my in my in my case at times being like, no nah, man, 
I know it's just bubblegum pop, but I don't care. Backstreet Boys are fun to sing along with. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I used to know all the words, and I've been to their concerts and all that stuff. Man, dude, if Jill and I are having a carpool karaoke, you bet we are throwing on the call by the Backstreet Boys. It's just a blast <laughs> to sing along with together. Like it, just, it just absolutely is. Like, and it's it's just the fun that like that's, that's where I've been with music for a while. I started a while ago, but now we're we're at, it's like look, you're it's it, it. So many times we have this all or nothing. Like it has to be this, and it has to be this always. It's like look, if I want some deep artistry. I've got people I can go to for that. I've got the Beatles that I can go to for that. The Beatles uh, is a great example of a band who also, like, if I want the light, fluffy, bubblegum stuff, I've got their earlier stuff to it as well. Like, if I want something deep, I can go to Prince. I can go to, if I want something fantastical or historical, I can go to Maiden, Iced Earth. I, you've got so many things, so it's just like, why just pigeonhole into one, right? Like, if I... If I want something like that's going to get me amped up, I can go to like Rise Against because they're catchy and good. <laughs> uh, those things don't yeah, have to I be think, exclusive, but no, I, I think that's that sort of, yeah, th- I don't think there are rules like that anymore. I, I, at least as an adult. Right. And if, if you meet someone who does believe in rules like that, then, I mean, that's a huge red flag. It's like, Oh, okay. I don't need to talk to this person, but yeah, no dude, I wanted, there's things we didn't talk about. Cause I wanted to talk about, I wanted to like, start figuring out how we how we would do like the superman thing yes yes i want to uh to talk about like maybe like how we, i would go about doing my own uh thing and i like i did like i like what you said like you, you know, i like how when we start talking about music we do we really get into yeah. it like it, it's really and i think um what other than like you know it, the way it's different from like politics or or the other sort of stuff is that um i think we we both were both a lot like there's not a lot of facts. No, it's opinion. That you have to know. <laughs> not a lot of truths that we got to keep track of. So well, it's, it's like, the subjectiveness it's like, of it, and that's what I enjoy about it. Yeah, it's 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 our our tastes mixed with the subjectiveness of the, of the, the, the you know the subjective nature of the topic mixed with us as people and the way that we sort of view each other and music and and it's I think it, that's a very good like it's 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 like a, there's like a little dip. And when we get into talking about music, we sort of get in there and it's comfy yeah. and it's cool. And I, I like it too, man. But I really, it made me think about how we were talking about like focused episodes and stuff. And there's just part of me that's like, I really want to do them because once I listened back to the episode we did last time and I realized I'm like, I'm saying all these things that like, I sort of believe, but it's more passion than logic and it's more passion than information and facts. And, and I'd really like to, if I'm going to express my opinion to, to other people, then I'd really like to get everything yeah. down right like to, if someone would say to me oh i i feel this way about what you said or what you said was wrong i'd like to be able to say oh well, i have these facts right here. <laughs> so, you know yeah. support my my opinion and it's one like i i just came across as someone who who's slightly knowledgeable more passionate than than prag- pragmatic and i don't like that I, I didn't like that at all i was just like i i don't i shouldn't be talking about things that uh, if i can't if i don't know the entirety <laughs> of it right and i'm like a good i a good way to combat that would be to sit down and do research and we both come at it and say, this is what yeah. I learned. What did you learn, right? But at the same time, that's a lot of work. And I'm like, man, do I even care about any of this stuff? Like, do I have a stake in the world, period? Like, do I? I'm like, do I even care? But yeah, man, yeah, I... Yeah, that stuff, I, that stuff is really... I don't know. I don't know. I think that's something I'm sort of trying to decide for myself lately, where how much yeah. do I want to participate in the world, right? Um... um Sorry. And if I'm going to what what sorry, like what like I don't want to do it flippantly. I wanna I, 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 I get that entirely. Yeah. It's yeah. heck like why well, most of the I, I do feel like on this podcast the times we do talk about real things or heavier things, 
Um, but it's also like it's why I enjoy doing yeah. the the like I like talking about nerdy things. I like sharing the opinion. I like to get uh, knowing other people's perspective, and it's easier to do that through those things. But you don't yes. have the subjective weight, right? <laughs> like you can now. As you're saying, like, we can prep, a great practice example of that is we are going to do that in series. So one of the ones one of the ones we could do is it could be like, hey, why don't you and I visit? Uh, here's a practical example. We can visit Superman 2, the, the original, the, the film. There's two cuts. There's two cuts. There's the release mm. cut, and then in the early 2000s, they released the Donner cut because Donner was originally the director on it. Um, and he had a much different vision, and so you got a, a a different film out of it. So out of that could be like, all right, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna watch both cuts of Superman two. Prep your like, jot some notes down. Like, what do you think of each one? Do you see why they went with this one instead of this one? Which one did you prefer? Um, that kind of thing. Because that's where it's like, it's the practice of working mm. while doing the doing the podcast. But then also without the, the added weight, right? Um, I sent mm-hmm. you the notes. I didn't release it as an episode, but I did the video of uh, Godzilla 98, or Z- I, I just called it Zilla 98, where I'm just, all right, here's an exercise. I'm going to see if I can, what I can take from this, even though I know I don't like this movie. And then as I took notes, I'm like, all right, you know what? There's, there is some good here. There is some good here. There's long sections where I'm just ripping it to shreds because the character of Audrey is the worst, but it's still like, it made it getting it made getting through it as well like much. Uh, it made me stick around for it, which I was gr- glad for because I was like, if I wasn't doing this for this, even though nobody's asked for this, uh, <laughs> yeah. jumped out of the movie in the second act, and then the third act, even though it's got flaws, it was pretty good. I was like, you know what, doing this helped. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 weird, man. Because when it comes when it comes down to like the the political stuff or like the history stuff, it's like there's so much weight. It's weird. <laughs> there, there's so much weight, but there's so much like there's there's so much I know that like I would, it would be difficult to find. Like I gotta remember, like oh, you know, I, we could cover it from this angle, which maybe not a lot of people would know, but most people don't know this little piece of information. Mm-hmm. And with this information, it changes literally everything, right? Mm-hmm. And that happens over and over and over again. It's just like also it's kind of like. You know, it's a lot easier to just be passionate and rattle off things that you sort of remember, right? Yeah. It's, it's a lot easier, just, and it's more emotionally satisfying, and it's more like, yeah, and and it's 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 you know, it's really it's also admittedly like as much as I enjoy doing the real, it's also admittedly much less scary mm-hmm. to do to do the other ones where you're like, I can be passionate and yeah, but it's also like yeah. I don't have to worry about someone misinterpreting what I'm saying or accidentally in my passion saying something that came off, even though it wasn't my intent as horrifically offensive. (laughs) That's the other thing, right? Where I'm trying to just, that's another thing I'm trying to decide for myself. Like, Hey man, because at some point you can't compromise to every single person's sensitivities and inclinations. So at one point you're going to have to say, yeah, I am a jerk. Yeah. Yeah. I don't care. I don't, I really don't care. Exactly. And that, and that's fair. (laughs) That's fair. But it's also just like, it's, it's a challenge to get to there. So I think, yeah, man, people, we, uh, I just, I want to be a man who can, who, who says things he actually believes and who, who can stand up for the things that he says. I, I, I don't want to be this childish. I'm just going to spout things out of anger and passion. That's ridiculous. That you don't change the world like that. You don't change minds. You don't change hearts. You don't, you don't, 
display character that's that's not a quality person, right? <laughs> but it's scary to come to terms with that, that fact and also to say, oh, the amount of work it's going to take for me to be that man, do I care yeah. that much? Like, and then it's like, and if you, if you don't, then you kind of got to say, okay, man, I can't talk about this stuff anymore because like all I'm doing is like getting that, that, that I'm feeding my ego yeah. there, that, that little thing that likes to, to get angry and feel, um, um, what is that word? Yeah. Righteousness. That, and, uh, yeah. that rage. <laughs> that rage. Um, yeah, yeah, and I think maybe that's why they're writing because they'll have to sit down and learn <laughs> twenty years worth of new facts. <laughs> or maybe they're just like, no, the whole album would just be we'd just end up being like f you to everybody, <laughs> and then it's like, Ooh. yeah, well, because everybody angers like, us now. I, I liken it to like, because I liken it to like me having to sit down and actually like sort through my own thoughts and figure everything out would be like them having to sit down and write an album. And it's like, if I could just get away with getting paid like uh, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars to just keep doing like to be a Rush Limbaugh or something. Right. Then I, would I really, would I fight that? Would I not just do that? I don't know. Oh well, yeah. That, yeah, oh man. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I, all right. So I think that the Superman series can be that exercise because I, if we're going to do yep. it right, and it, like the thing is, at times you know mm. enough stuff where you can do it right while not doing the work, but we can still do it where it's like, okay, no, let's, yep. let's, let's visit that. So we will, we'll plan that. I'll, I'll message you not later today, later this week with some suggestions. If you're down for it, let's do yep. the, uh, we can do the comparison of Superman, the Superman twos. Um, just because, oh. uh, would you rather not? <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I mean maybe. Um, I think as like a, a first foray into the okay. the uh, the thing, maybe not, because it's like okay, I have to. I mean, I wouldn't really necessarily want to watch. Like, I I mean, it's I mean, it's not Superman three <laughs> or right? four. So, there's that. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, that's good, but at the same time, it's like uh, I mean, I probably yeah, it might be a slog to get through it the first time, and then having to watch a second one, slightly different version. Maybe maybe just a, a one off for the first go, like just one. No, doing we can do that we can do that um <laughs> okay because i am i am willing dude i am willing to buy like a whole run of comics though oh yeah, if, yeah. If you're like read this whole series <laughs> <laughs> the dvd one <laughs> is cheaper but i get what you're saying i get what you're saying um okay yeah no yeah. I'll, I'll message you with some ideas for later this week um all right so you're also thinking of of doing your own podcaster yeah, man, I, I really am. Because, like, uh, again, we have all these, like, these funny episodes with the five of us. I'm like, these, we shouldn't be wasting <laughs> them. I mean, but, and then there's also, but I'm thinking, like, I don't you know what I would have to offer, right? Like, I don't. Well, I don't okay, know. so here's the thing. Um, for me, at times where I'm like, dude, I don't ever ask myself that question. <laughs> what? You never ask yourself, what would I have to offer? Yeah, no, I just try not to. <laughs> Uh, well, that's, that's healthy. That's probably smart, dude. <laughs> just because, like, I, just with, I, I do feel I have stuff to offer. I do, but yeah. at time, the reason I don't ask myself that question is the anxiety and the depression, bro, <laughs> the existential crisis that comes with it. Um, so, <laughs> the thing is, like, yeah. what I, I live in that. That's not. What, that's, that's like baseline for me. <laughs> what I love about what I love I love about podcasts is. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I, I never look at someone like, oh, what do they have to offer? It's like, look, it's, it's their opinion, their viewpoint. Even if I don't agree with it, I can, 
it's a long form. It's a long form where I can understand. I can come away from an, an understanding more about why they enjoy something, why they feel this way. Um, and it, it, it's to me, I'm like, this is the best version of social media because it's it's mm. the long format where you can get to know <laughs> the heart and the opinion of someone, not the 240 characters or less like clickbaity thing. Where oh, inflection is huge. It, you can hear the inflection. You can hear. Like, podcasts are, to me, so good. They're so good. Um, like, and it's a great way to learn more about something where you're like, I might I might have an interest in that. And you can, it's a way for you to explore your interests, right? Like, it can be, uh, like, I, on here we've addressed heavy topics. We'll address stuff from a Christian perspective. But then at other times it's like, look, man, I just want to talk about Superman. Because I enjoy talking Superman. I enjoy talking comics. Like, so mm-hmm. it's an exercise for me. I love doing it because it gets me out of my own head uh, right now where I'm yeah. definitely like maybe more sensitive or protective of it is like I we're in a lockdown. It's it's my main thing right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, well, dude, also, I noticed you're getting ads, right? Like people are, are I assume they're paying you. There's ads in the podcast. Yeah. Okay. So here, here's the thing. Um, I the the money comes in later, but I I saw through Podbean. It's like, oh yeah, put ads in. But when the when the the podcasts play, when I play them through Podbean, I don't hear any of those ads. Oh, weird, dude. Yeah. When I play, I play it through. I got this um this app called uh, Pocket Cast. Okay. And it's really cool because you can actually. It'll cut out the silence in between, like, if there's a long pause, it'll cut that out. You can also decide, oh, I want to skip the first four minutes of this podcast every episode because there's always a long intro, so it'll always start right when it's supposed to. Little things like that. It's really interesting. But, yeah, man, I always hear the I always hear the ads on that. Like, they're, they're just ads for, like, you know, Christian podcasts or, oh, neat. or just, like, stuff oh, like, oh, like oh. nerdy oh, podcasts. Those I put in. Those I put in. Uh, those aren't, those aren't, um, those aren't ads from like, uh, I don't make money off of that. Those are from other podcasts that I listen to. And I'm like, Hey, I really like your stuff. Can I, can you send me an ad? So then at times when I'm like, I need to take a break (laughs) where it's like, I'll be right back. That's where I'm like, I'm just going to throw that ad in. I, I, it's very sweet of you to say, Hey, I I enjoy what you're doing. I want to support you. Do these people ever respond back and say, Hey, can I put an ad for your podcast? We we haven't. We haven't done, like, I haven't recorded an ad, but some of them through reaching out, it's like, hey, I've done appearances on, like, I, the other thing I love about podcasting is I've made friendships, mm. like, good yeah. friendships um, through through it, where that's where I'm like, this is, it's such mm. a good medium. So that's when, when someone's like, I'm thinking about it, I'd be like, dude, just do it. Just, just go for it. I mean, like, the thing is, don't, uh, like... For for me, at times I try not to look at the downloads because at times I'll be very excited, and then other times I'm like, "Oh man, that didn't click." And then you get on that depressing kick of like, "Why am I doing this?" Mm-hmm. Blah blah blah. Where it's like, look, but at the end of the day, like it's been downloaded like the entirety of the show. I've been doing it for years. I've forged some friendships. Uh, there's been the total amount of downloads, and it's like, look, this is this is something I have fun doing. Why not? Yeah. So I don't if if you don't have that for that. Like, oh, it's going to be the huge resonance and the huge audience or all that. Like, do it for you. And then as if that success comes, which hope, like, of course, I'd love it. Yeah. And I'd love it for you or anybody else. But as like, if it gets there, then you then you do that as it comes. Yeah. But 
if it's just that expectation, like right off the bat or within the first whatever. Oh, you're going to cripple yourself. Yeah, you're setting yourself up for a lot of like just depression and yeah. anxiety yeah, and, feel, yeah, and feeling defeated. No, nothing good will come. Out. And that's something that I've been wondering lately. I, I, I kind of feel like, man, like I, I'm noticing my depression. Like I, for the longest time, like I didn't really like I, I noticed it, but I'm noticing, you know, like when you're so deep in it and it's been going on for so long, you don't realize that that's not reality, right? Like yeah. You, you, so, so I start to think like. And you're like, oh, I made friends. And, and recently, there's so many times where I thought to myself, I'm like, the things that, like, other people get joy out of, like, talking to people or or sharing, like, just being a good person. <laughs> like, I'm just like, I don't get joy out of that. I don't get joy out of almost anything. Like, it doesn't, like, the, I'm like, the only, joy, and I'm realizing, I'm like, what would make you excited? Like, if someone were to come to you, if a friend were to call you up, and, and what would they have to say to really make you get out of your own head and over yourself? And I'm like, well, they would have to say, hey, I found you a great job. Uh, hey, I found you a great place to live. Here, we'll get you working and get you the hell out of here. And you can actually start being a person again. And I'm, I'm like, oh, okay, so I've gotten to the point where I'm so depressed, I'm so dissatisfied with who and where I am that the only joy I can get out of interacting with another person would be if they were to come and miraculously fix everything wrong with my life. And I'm thinking like, that's depression, dude. That is depression yeah. 100%. Like, and not only that, but it's like you've ignored everything that you don't like about your life and yourself for so long that you're sort of like, I'm getting to the point where I have to decide, like, is, do I just have to not care anymore? Like, is this, do I have to accept, like, this is who and what I am? Or am I going to fight it now? Because if I don't fight it now, then it is going to be who I am, right? Right, right. Um, but yeah, man, I've been tr- really trying to fight that because I'm like, I do. Like, after we talk, like, if we talk or if I talk with you guys, I feel better after. Like, I do get something out of it. But to think about it beforehand, I'm like, I don't have it in me. I don't. Like, I don't. It's just work. It's all work. And, oh, yeah. No. I. Oh, man, dude. I, I get that entirely. There, yeah? Well, heck, there's been days where, like, we were going to record last week. I'm like, look, man, I need a day. Oh, I dude. just, I need a day. Yeah, dude. <laughs> I was in it. <laughs> I was in it. <laughs> like, like, was no it, way. it was, it was the sudden <laughs> thing on the Thursday where I was handing stuff back where I'm like, I just need a day. I need a day of, of not doing anything. Like once that, the, like I was already feeling exhausted that week, but once that was coming up, I'm like, mm-hmm. even though I know this is going to be positive, I know I'm still going to be feeling negative afterwards. And then yeah. I'm like, I, ca- I can't. And then Friday, uh, chatting with the guys was fun. It was good. But then also I was just like, I, I don't have it in me. I don't, I don't, because as much as I love doing this, um, and like I said, the friendships I've made, uh, like Bex, Bex from Redeemed Otaku, we've become really, really good friends. And yeah. she's been such a prayer warrior for me and Jill. And it's been so appreciated um, that in in my depression, as I've not consciously, but subconsciously, like, pulled back from people or been feeling like I can't do this, like Mm. having those friends, I'm like, Oh, this is someone I can. So I've really, I've really appreciated that. But then on the flip side though, doing this, like as, as, as good as it is, as much as I love it. um, Also, it's good to get me out of my, like just out of my funk, but then also at, Mm. at the end of it, I'm like, man, I'm done. Like, I'm just like guaranteed after, after we hang up in a couple minutes, uh, I'm going to be like, I'm exhausted. Like it's not like I'm on, but you're, you're in a different zone when you're on a podcast, uh, when you're, especially when you're hosting, like when it's like, yeah. it's your vision, you're, you're, it could even on the lighter stuff afterwards, you're like, Oh man, I'm like my energy reserves that I were, were shallow before they're like depleted. They're like negative 40 right now. <laughs> it, 
Yeah, it's like it doesn't. It's not even like it's like it's in the moment. It's giving you energy, right? But then you realize afterwards, you're like, oh wow, it actually took all of that. The energy was temporary. It was brought up for me in that moment, and now it's taken away. <laughs> well, it, it's interesting though, because it's like you're like the energy's gone, but the good like like you said after chat or after like we do the the Skype calls and all that, I'm like, man, I'm feeling drained, but I'm also feeling good. Like it's it, I, I'm not as angry as I I'm was not. I'm not. I'm right? not feeling drained and like really just anxious or whatever it's like okay i'm i'm in a better better spirits while being like just i'm it's, done i'm fried <laughs> like don't ask me to do anything <laughs> it's fight it's that's different that's fighting the depression right yeah it's, it's like just knowing like oh crap like uh, i'm this is gonna be good for me eventually but like trying to get there is pain in the ass <laughs> what the frick all right, dude. Um, um, so we yeah. we went like almost forty five minutes over. <laughs> we should. All, I mean, I'm fine with that. I expect. I know. To I know. Jill's just going to be like, "Oh, this was a shorter one for you." Um, <laughs> uh, um, uh, I got to remember. I told you before this. I got to say this. Uh, um, on the last podcast, I said my mom just left a job at the CRA willy nilly. <laughs> apparently, it, apparently the conditions weren't that great. And, uh, you know, I, I think from the way she described it, I would have left too. I don't think any reasonable person would have stayed. But um, it doesn't change the fact that at the, at the time, she didn't think, oh, I'm not going to be able to get another job this good. She thought, oh, I have to leave because yeah. this is crazy. I'll just go get another job, right? Other people would be like, oh. <laughs> they just deal with yeah. it. Right? That's um, not to belittle your so, mom in any way, but... No. <laughs> oh man, I I yeah, I don't yeah, she's great. I uh, yeah. <laughs> we and I always appreciate her, her support. Legit. Like almost every episode I post, there's like 99% of the time a like from her. I'm like, it's like, "Oh, that's so sweet." Like that's just it's just it's a nice little pick me up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah, and like I don't see anybody else's mom except for your mom doing that. <laughs> It'd be, it'd be uh, weird if uh, some of the other guys' parents suddenly like that. I was like, I didn't even know you were on Facebook. We haven't had a conversation in years. <laughs> yeah, like, if Mike's mom started liking your stuff, like, what the heck like, is going on? I'm like, I don't know if I can talk about anything now. <laughs> and I don't even talk about bad yeah. things. <laughs> I feel like, I'm like, what, what, is, what is Mike's mom getting out of this podcast? I don't understand. <laughs> I, I would, Mike's parents are fascinating to me. Like, I'm like, it's trying to, it's like, also interesting for me, not gonna lie. Like, there's been times where I'm talking about stuff, and then I've even said, like, look, this is awkward to talk about because I know my mom listens to this podcast. Like, every once in a while, I'll get a text <laughs> message from her being like, oh, I really like that. I'm like, oh my gosh, why were you listening? <laughs> it's because, it's because my mom is an incredibly loving and supportive woman. Uh, it's just kind of like, yeah. it's, it's just those times where you're like, hey, it's those, that's the other thing I'd say, like, um, if you're launching the, like, if you're doing this and dude, uh, we'll talk after, um, and more privately, but yeah. I will publicly say like, color me interested. I would love it. I would love it. <laughs> like there's stuff in there. I know I'd be like, this isn't my cup of tea, but I'd, I'd love it. I'd love it. <laughs> um, but that's the other thing where you're like, it's, it's interesting just because when you're doing this, you're, you're, uh, you're being you, but you're like, you want to represent like, <laughs> not, not in a fake way or anything, but like a, a good version of you. So that's where you're kind of like, look, I want to be able to talk about these things, but I want to talk about these things in a way, not in that ego way where it's like, I'll be heard, but it's like, I want to talk about these things or whatever they may be in a way where I'm not giving anyone a reason to 
to be like, don't listen to that guy. Where it's like, I, you I can, wanna, you, you can I, disagree yeah, with want, me, but you can't pigeonhole me into being like, you said this very offensive thing. Where it's like, look, disagree with me. That's fine. But don't tell. Yeah. It, it, it's the case of where it's like, if I don't say anything bigoted, like, if I don't say anything bigoted and you're just inferring something, that's on you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, I want to be the type of person who you may not agree with, but you respect. Yeah. Right? Like, you respect the character. I've, I want to have character. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be a man who's worth the words that he says that comes out of his mouth, you know? Like... <laughs> I th- dude, I, I definitely think you've got that in you. I 100% think you do. I would, I would a hundred percent listen to your podcast, and then also I know you'd have me on, and then we'd just do an episode of you trying to make me uncomfortable. <laughs> I would have, I, like, we'd have to be sitting in the same room. Like, I'd have to make sure your eyes cannot be, you can't avert your eyes from what I'm about to show you. <laughs> just look at it. <laughs> I can't stop this from happening. <laughs> It's like it's this whole traumatic thing where like you're screaming and crying, and I'm yelling at you. And at the end of the podcast, it was sitting there really civilized, like nothing happened. And I'd be like, "Hey, Chris, so uh, you want to come back?" And you're like, "Uh, no." Be no. the exact no, opposite. I don't. I would of, never do that again. No. <laughs> be the exact opposite of the puddle of mud thing from this morning, being like, "Oh, this doesn't have to happen to me." Click. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. All right, dude. Um, I'm gonna let you go. But we will uh, we will definitely touch base soon. I'll message you later this week about um, some Superman stuff. Uh, I've got some ideas I'm, I'm toying around. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll touch base about that more, and we'll definitely talk more about uh, you launching yours. Okay. Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, one good thing one good thing we could do is actually like I was thinking maybe we could watch a comedian special. You and me, maybe we could do like a Netflix. Netflix. Whoa. I like to say that I said Netflix. Okay. I heard. I heard. I heard. <laughs> F O S. We're not even editing that because it didn't sound like that. I, like, I think I think that's the wrong website, dude. I don't think you're on the right one. <laughs> um, uh, um, or we, oh no, uh, we could do a Netflix party uh, watch of like a comedian special. Or is that no? Nah, maybe that wouldn't be that much fun. No, nah, maybe I don't know. I don't know. We'll think about it. But yeah, yeah, man. Well, we're we're gonna we're gonna that, that, end the podcast, but not the call, right? Uh, yes. Although I, I do gotta go, uh, I gotta go soon just cause I gotta let, I gotta take Luna out again. Um, oh, okay. But we'll, we'll, um, we'll keep the call going for another couple minutes for sure. Okay. Okay. Cool. Cool. All right. Cool. All right. Well, dear listener, thank you for listening. Hope everything's going well. Like Christian said, um, if you're, if you are battling depression, uh, don't believe your anxiety and your, and the paranoia. Um, and I'd also like to add, like, please feel free to, to let us know, and I'd be happy to say say a prayer for you. Again, that's not me trying to be like, "Oh, look, I'm praying for you." Um, no, just message me. We'll keep it. We'll keep it private. And also, I'd encourage like reach out to people, um, talk to other people. Even just having someone to address that with can be so beneficial. Um, all that being said, hope you're having a wonderful day. Take care, and God bless, my friends. Peace. <laughs>